Representing the peons this evening. We're staging a revolution. This is Mike. Yes. <laughs> this is just wonderful. You know, we we usually have like 27 hosts on the podcast, four of them named Bill, and it's like you can never <laughs> hear who's talking in any given time. But now we have four of us. This is a nice, small, intimate group, and I don't mean intimate that way. I mean, we're explicit. Oh, we're not baby. explicit. Oh, baby. Okay. Okay, apparently I'm with Jen then, so that's my dream come true. I don't know about Jen, but that would make life. Oh, you know, absolutely. There you go. That would make life worth living. Yeah, that would I was be. just going to say that, Jen. That would be. Jen, Jen is, like, like I'm trying to describe my relationship with Jen. I was trying to do this the other day. <laughs> to yourself? And, yes. I, I, I often think of you, Jen, while I drive or, you know, or, or in the shower. And I don't mean the second one in an explicit way. I do my best thinking in the shower. And you were kind of, well, I'm trying to think, like, if you ever got, what, what is a good thing I give you that you haven't already had this year? Like, if you got head lice, I could be the guy that would, like, you know, apply the lotion to your scalp or something and it wouldn't be gross to me you're kind of like my sister that way. You know what I mean? Ah, totally. I feel the same way. I would, except that wouldn't happen to you. No, it wouldn't. I have like no hair. <laughs> I wouldn't get like um, maybe something with like athlete's foot, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going any worse than athlete's foot, Jen. This is this is a podcast. Like, uh, can I just tell you that this conversation? could have fit in these chapters and it would have been absolutely accepted. Uh, That's a really good lead way. Well, we're not going there yet because I have to talk and and P.S. over here is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I would like to talk for a moment about the weather crisis that has gripped the northeast coast of the United States. Yes, let's rub it in. Let's rub it in. What happened there, Mike? I said I can talk about that too if you like. Okay, you, you can talk about it but really being... Way, way down there in New York, you really have no standing. You're kind Wait, of like... He's down there. He's, he's way over in New York. He's kind of like, you know, Guam on the UN Security Council. Oh, isn't that nice Guam show that Hold today? on. I'm getting, I'm getting a map right, right now. Jen, go get New your York. map. Right. I, actually, I thought New York was up for the longest time, yeah, and, too. And, for Mass- and we have a lot of Massachusetts... Fi- you thought New York was above Massachusetts? Okay, whatever. Yes, I did. Where, where <laughs> are you from? I Bal- You're from Baltimore. I'm here. I thought Massachusetts was in the middle with the lakes. Yeah. The lakes oh, are at the top. All right, listen to me, everybody. Everybody, <laughs> listen to the voice of reason. Okay. This is a conversation I just had with Jen. Jen, like, for anyone who isn't from Massachusetts, you'll have no effing idea what I'm talking about, so please go and heat up something in your microwave. If you have oh, nothing I see. to eat, okay, I see where Massachusetts just go to your is. microwave and, t- and put it on high for three minutes, and when, it, when the buzzer goes off, come back. Okay. At least you're touching New York. Just not inappropriately. Okay, so what happened was... <laughs> Jen tells me, Ryan, I have wonderful news. And usually when that happens, it involves ducks. So I was not very impressed going in. So I'm like, what is that, Jen? She's like, I'm coming to Massachusetts after Christmas. To which my response is, I hope your presence isn't my gift. I hope you bought me something, but whatever. So 
She's like, I get to meet you, and this is wonderful because my sister wants to go to college in Boston and around Boston. She wants to do the Boston thing, and she's very excited. So we're going to (laughs) come up, and we're going to stay right near the school. And I know you're right near Boston. I get to meet you. I said, Jen, this is wonderful. Life is worth living again. So (laughs) I said, where are you going to be? And she's like, I'm staying in a place called Northampton. Now, here's the thing. If you were in Boston with a flashlight and a map (laughs) – if you walk for, like, what is it, P.S., like 80 miles, 90 miles, you will happen upon the village of Northampton where the nobody village. lives but cows. <laughs> I'd feel right at home then, huh? You really would. And I'm like, does your sister know it's, like, two hours from civilization now, no, unfortunately? it's misleading. The website is, like, Boston's right around the corner. <laughs> By jet. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So now apparently Jen is not coming to visit. Yeah, apparently. I told my sister, Shannon, mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, well, maybe we don't have to go there. Were you going to, like, map quest it before you bought the plane tickets? Or was that just going to be a surprise when you got off the plane and, like, Well, I mean, this is, she gave me a list of, like, six schools that she's looking at. My sister is wanting to go to one of those prestigious all-girls, you know, one with the history. And a lot of those really are, like, in the north. You know, in that area of the United States. In the middle and by the lakes, yes. Okay. In the middle by the lakes. <laughs> what lakes do you think are in the... Okay, please, continue, continue, continue. Okay. Well, I went, to, I went to Wisconsin. I don't know if y'all remember when I went to Wisconsin. And uh, seriously, I, had, I thought it was like over by Colorado. Like, <sighs> seriously. Well, I mean, when you're in Texas, uh-huh. you know where the hell you are. I mean, it's the big one at the bottom. You yeah. don't have to think about all the little ones scattered amongst the rest of the world Uh and um (laughs) well new york i'm looking at a map right now and new york is a lot bigger than i thought it was huge so that's impressive i'm glad that you're impressed by the size of new york (laughs) massachusetts is tawny though thank you it still takes two hours (laughs) to get to the other side of it okay really okay so so apparently you know jen's sister will just buy tickets everywhere and then when she gets off the plane and sees how the distance she'll apparently like get back on the plane and fly (laughs) home. well that's what i was talking to you about that's why i'm glad i talked to you first (laughs) i i just have nothing further to say on that matter yeah i told him and y'all should have seen like the dot 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 (laughs) She's like, are you near it? I'm like, define near. And and, and he was like, define far. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think anybody lived there. Like, <laughs> You're like, there's a school there? Oh, I'm like, yeah, it's really prestigious. It's Speaking really nice. of incestuous. Okay, never mind. I'm not going there. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, the other thing. P.S. The weather crisis, which has gripped the Northeast. How are you faring? Yes, speak to me. I'm here. Okay, that was scary. I'm all right. Okay, I need to sit down for a moment. All right, P.S. How <laughs> how are you faring? How are you doing in the in the in the crisis that has gripped the Northeast? I'm faring as good as can be expected because I haven't been anywhere. Are you eating? Cat, are you eating any type of like you know cat food or do you have doggy treats to sustain yourself? Do you have any food? Yeah, I have food. I I had a leftover sandwich. Okay. Wait, you eat animal food like food during yes, snow? It's, it, yes, it, it actually helps to melt the snow. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. But you know, okay. Ryan. Yes. Upstate New York, by the lakes, we get more snow than Massachusetts does. I think. Do you live up there? That's where I am right now, yeah. How much snow do you have? Right now, we have, we're getting a foot tomorrow, but we have about six inches now. Six inches, okay. Hang on, everybody. I'm getting my camera. Oh, my 
my gosh. Y'all are just determined to rub it in. Okay, hold on. You know how much snow I've got? Hold on. You're getting a foot tomorrow, right? We are going on tour. I am taking my laptop. Hold on. We're going on tour? Wait, are you going to video them? Yes, I am going outside. Now, we're going to put this all available on puffwa.com here. Hold on. (laughs) We are going... Outside, do I have shoes? I have shoes. Okay, we are going on tour. Jen, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. So, Jen, okay. how's the weather about you? Snowed in? Oh, y'all are just pissing me off because I y'all are having I a cold wish Christmas. I lived in Texas. You what? I said I wish I lived in Texas. Well, right now, it's the coldest it's going to be um, until, like, February, and it's 41 degrees. But by next week, we're going to be in the 70s. That's good. Which sucks. But it is rainy, so at least we're getting some nice thunderstorms. All right. My neighbors are going to think I finally lost it, but we are. Rec- I am actually I am going outside. I don't have a coat. Oh, no. I am freezing. Okay. I have no lights on, so we're going back inside to turn lights on so you will actually see what I'm seeing. Six inches, you said, right, Mike? Six inches? I said a foot tomorrow. A foot yeah, tomorrow. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> I, I'm asking you about today. Yeah, six inches today. Six inches today, all right. Do you see how proud he is that he's having a white Christmas and not the rest? I'm not. Yes. He's I'm just sure. rubbing it in on purpose. That is exactly what I am doing, Hugh, Jen. I am rubbing in the fact <laughs> I know. that I am I put up with so much. in snow and am eating dog food. I just cannot tell you the pride I feel. All right, we are going. All right, we are starved. All right, here we go. We are going. You must think I live like 14 miles away from the nearest door, but how long this is taking me? All right. <laughs> Can you Seriously, hear me? your house is huge. Yes, P.S., we can. Okay, because this thing popped up. It says Skype cannot hear you talking. Oh, yeah, it does that to me sometimes, but right. I just ignore it. Here we go. Okay. This is outside now. We are. I'm putting... This I don't side. see anything. All right, Jen, I have to tell you, I'm taking this... But you're going to see the video later. It's actually not up now. All right. Oh, All right. The this is the snow, which I have outside right now. Are you cold? I am very cold. I am, I am actually freezing. Jen is going to see this white stuff and be like, what is that? Okay. I know. It's salted everywhere. All right. If you look straight ahead on the video, if you're looking at it, that is what used to be my fire hydrant, which not so much anymore. You have a fire hydrant? I have you a don't? fire hydrant. <laughs> Where? Where? What? Like in your front yard? Yes. What happens if there's a fire by in Texas? They don't have fire hydrants? <laughs> they let the land burn. It just burns. All right. <laughs> I am now freezing. I am in the catch pneumonia, but I hope I could prove that I have more than six inches of snow on the ground. How much? How many inches do you have? I have right now like nine, and I'm get, we're getting another nor'easter tomorrow. But I thought oh they said God. that that wasn't supposed to have snow. I thought it was just going to be sleet and stuff. Is that what the latest is? That's tomorrow the latest I heard, like on the six o'clock news. Okay, I don't watch the six o'clock news. I don't trust those people. There's nothing else on at six o'clock. Are we saying p.m. or a.m.? Why, why would PS be up okay. at 6 o'clock in the morning? I'm not up at 6 a.m. I used to have to be, but I didn't know. That was very exciting. Okay, so to give you guys an impression of how bad this Northeast crisis did, yesterday the governor of Massachusetts got on television and he told everyone to run for their lives. He said, leave your grandmothers behind. They're slowing you down. And he recommended that we all take two of each animal type, like a male and a female of everything, and shove it onto an ark. My cousin, who lives in Massachusetts, uh-huh. she was saying to me, uh, when they had that, I guess, that evacuation early, where yes. they all went home, yes. she got stuck in so much traffic, she couldn't even get one exit from her work, and she had to stay in a motel overnight. Yes. Now, this is the brilliance that goes into, into the state. What they did was they told everyone to run for their lives. So everyone got in their cars and they drove home at the same freaking time. 
So all everyone got stuck in traffic. A 30-minute trip now takes eight hours. Guess what happens? It snows on you, so you can't drive anywhere. Now you're trapped in your cars. I'm so glad I didn't have to go anywhere. Danielle's brother actually ordered Chinese food and have it, had it delivered to him on the highway. See how that would work. That worked. How'd they get to him? That's pretty cool. Wow. Well, well apparently he was near the egg, and they could walk. And It's a parking lot. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> I am really actually freezing. All right, so let's get into the chapters for tonight. We're talking about chapters 6 through 10 of the Shoebox Project, and I'm trying to think of a way I can sum up my overall impression of these chapters. I'm, I'm looking to see if I can find just, like, if there was only, you know, a single phrase I could say that would just capture the spirit and the meaning, for example, of these chapters, I think that would just be extremely helpful. Um, How about we make sure that Mike noticed that it was Slash? Yes, Mike, 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 <laughs> God, Mike, man, well, Mike. I, I was telling Ryan, I don't know, I read these, and it seemed to me that it was more Slash between uh, Peter and James and... <sighs> Uh, snake <laughs> <laughs> Mike actually emailed me in the middle of the chapter saying, "Okay, now Peter is 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 with James, right?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> I want you to open with that on the podcast and just see what everybody thinks. Now, this to me sums up these chapters. Roses are red, violets are blue. Oh, so romantic! If you were a door, I would slam you. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. I loved all the Valentines. Would that line work on you? I just have to ask. Quick poll around the room. Would that line work on anybody here? <laughs> yeah, I'm easy. <laughs> it, it really wouldn't work on me. I have to tell you, I cannot see myself ever falling for that particular line. That's I think hilarious. if he was joking, if it was serious, then probably. Serious with an E or serious with an I? No, I mean, oh, yeah, serious with an I. Like, if it was serious black. Okay, not like, you know, the weather situation we're, you know, experiencing no. here. Because I have to tell you, that weather situation, it's really serious. I mean, this is serious. I mean, we're... I can't believe it took us two episodes to do a serious joke. Uh, we, well, we did 16 episodes on it for After the End, so we had we had a plethora of available um, series. Jen, I believe, may have made one. Now, I have to say, I'm not sure this... This one, certainly, I can say, wouldn't work on me. I, I thought about this. Um, I took a long shower. Um, I shoveled. And this one, I, I, I do feel would not work on me in particular. I'm not, but I'm going to open it up for you guys. Horses run fast. Ten's not hard to count to. You are like a bass. I would stuff you and mount you. <laughs> now, round the room, Jen. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Now, <laughs> between that one and the door slamming, Jen, I have to feel as though the second one is much more me. Y- you yeah. would be stuffed and mounted. Like a bass. <laughs> that sounds so gross. <laughs> I'm too busy being grossed out to fully. Okay, that. okay, okay. Yeah, so you have to see that it's got these like little hearts on it and like a cute little door. Like that's so part of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm imagining the cute little door. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, now that one. Now, Mike, are any of these doing anything for you? Anything? Oh baby, oh baby. Depends who's doing the asking. I'd say. Okay. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it there, and I'm not going to make any further comments on, on that. Um, so I have to say, I that was the moment when I felt as though, you know, like we had a thing going, the shoebox and I. I felt like we, we understood each the other sho- very well. <laughs> That's lovely. Let's let's talk about that. I love that you think that. I love that it – I think that that it says a lot about this fake, though, don't you? That it's that – 
personable? I think that they have touched me very deeply with the with these. Ch- no, I'm all joking aside. I can't. Yeah. Only, I can I can't do the door slamming again. You know, not so close to walking outside and catching oh. hypothermia. Okay. Yeah, let's look at where we left off from the last chapter. I'm, I'm having a great deal of difficulty being serious about this. Can Can you tell? Can you note my difficulty? <laughs> well, because I think that's this a good is, thing. But no, but this is serious. I mean, the world is ending. P.S. is eating fish food right now. I'm I'm having difficulty channeling the serious, and I'm blaming the shoebox. I'm really sorry you're so harried. That was terrible. <laughs> I know. I don't get it. Oh my god, that was terrible. Okay. It was. That was really bad. Like, have you really eaten in like 48 hours? Oh, I have. I was trying to think of one. Okay. And I could only think of that. Oh, that's so sad. At least, at least I didn't make a joke about slamming the Dumbledore. Oh. <laughs> All right, P.S., I-, I have to tell you, I just watched The Gobble of the Fire. Oh, no. Too soon. <laughs> that's <laughs> I am. I really. I'm very sorry. Right. I'm as sad much I missed as, it because I wanted to point out all his gay looks. Yeah, because Jen and I'm doing the little <laughs> bunny ears here overslept, so Jen wasn't able to make uh, it to the yeah. Goblet of Fire episode. <laughs> but she turned up conveniently moments after the recording stopped. It was a miracle. Okay. I did. No, you really didn't. I have, oh. And, and oh, I just want to thank everyone here. Now, I told everyone that I would do a commentary for Order of the Phoenix because after Gobble of the Fire, I, I had difficulty walking for like two weeks. <laughs> so I said, yeah, we'll do, we'll do the commentary of Order of the Phoenix. And we were planning out the schedule, and Jen was so excited. She had her, you know, little, you know, Mary Jane shoes on, you know, and she was all excited. <laughs> His mental image because, of me. And she, and she was bouncing on her on the soles of her feet like she wanted to ask a question, but she was holding her hand on level with her head like she was a little kid or a when little I person. When I beat you, I swear I'm going to wear my hair in pigtails. Thank and... you. That would be helpful. Um, okay. So, and she said, this is wonderful. You know, the movie comes out on December 11th. And my response was, I'll buy it eventually. <laughs> Because I have to feel as though over the next few years of my life, I'll be making a lot more money, and I would eventually find money that I would deem worthy of of the Order of the Phoenix Fund. I'm not going to explain to you the noise that Jen (laughs) made at that point. It was not like Gambin from Goblet of Fire. It did not... You know, make me infertile in any way, but the, the 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 cry that came from Jen it did cause hull ruptures in passing ships. Yeah, Jen got immediately overly frustrated at Ryan at that point. Yeah, we had one did. of our our bear fights. Yeah, we we have the best fights. We have the, and and Jen, I do want to say, um, I, I forgive you. So, um, oh, oh, yesterday I get a package in the mail from Mike. And lovely Mike. We love Mike. We can't say enough good things. Not like, you know, Dumbledore would love Mike, but, you know, we love Mike. And I opened the package <laughs> and um, it, was, it was Order of the I Phoenix. Like that. It was crazy. Order of the Phoenix. It was the movie, you know, with. I just said, I, I just hit like you know Peter Brady you know puberty when I said movie I'm like movie but you know it was the movie and I and I I was you know thanking him profusely for his very generous you know Christmas gift for me he's like now you can do the commentary I'm like you little bastard I know he's like you <laughs> now I get what you just did so we're recording the commentary yeah Brian calls me or writes I can't remember I am me I think and he's like guess what I just Mike just bought me the Order of the Phoenix and I was like. You have no excuse now. (laughs) 
you will do it. So <laughs> we will have fun. We will, we will be doing the commentary shortly. I'm not sure if you'll already have heard, you probably won't have heard it by the time this comes out. But you're gonna I, like it. I just love this like tantrum Ryan's putting up, and he's gonna love this film. It's the best of them. I'll say it that. really is. I think it's. Um, I say the first two are more faithful to the book, mm-hmm. but I would say that it is the best. Like in terms of if you're looking at it both as a movie on its own and as an adaptation of the book. It's so good. Sense. Well, if if the girl who made the Harry joke likes it, I am sure I will love it. Oh, please. I've been Luna like, Luna is phenomenal. I've heard like, she's good. Well, Umbridge, he stole the show. Oh, Umbridge. Yeah. Now, Mike, I'm not sure if you caught this. It was very subtle. I'm not sure if you caught this. But did Peter go on a date with Dolores Umbridge? <laughs> is that who you went on a date with? How is she there? How is she then? How is she why? How is she now? I don't know your question. No, oh. I meant how is she then? She no. can't be their age. No, no. She's older. I'm, well, I'm sorry. I, I, I was just laughing profusely on the I inside know. because you were doing a William Shatner impression. Well, I thought that Lucius how? was old. Spock, too. damn it. I'm sorry. I'm really paranoid because Get I put her in a fic and everyone is telling me she's younger than I said she was. So I'm really paranoid about Umbridge. Okay. Can I ask a chronology question? What's that? On this subject? Sure. Yeah. That crazy um, prank week at the very end of our reading. Yes. Is that the one where Snape gets flipped upside down? And his, no, um, no, that was that was the that year before. The year before. Okay. Now, let me just let me just ask you this. Now, all right, let's even do the math. It's 1975, and these kids are 16 years old. So these kids are born roughly around 1960. They got their birth years a year off. Okay, so Jane- I'm sorry, I'm really a stickler for dates. Okay, so James and Lily would be if they were alive today, they'd be like 47 years old. Yeah. Now, this story. Now, the Harry Potter, you know, okay, let's even do this. Phoenix, or the Phoenix, takes place in 1995. Yes. All right, so at this point in the game, they would be how old? They'd be 35 years old. So, like, Snape is 35. Okay, so here's the thing. If that was Dolores Umbridge, she would be... She uh, aged terribly. <laughs> okay. I prefer, I think I'm right, and I think she's more like 95. So this is like Peter's dating, like, Mary-Kate Letourneau here. Like, this cannot be right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what it is. Now, Mary-Kate Letourneau is a very attractive woman. Dolores Umbridge looks like a shoe. Like, this cannot be right. <laughs> Who said Peter had good taste? Well, he yeah. did put the hair gel in three days before the date. No, 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 no. Why would a very handsome woman like Dolores Umbridge go out with a 16-year-old? This makes no sense. Who looks Maybe, like well, a rat? Maybe, if you look like her. Because she couldn't get fudge. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, so twisted from smut. Oh, good God. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I apologize so for the. No, that's, oh, all, all you, so funny. I was thinking of something other than fudge. Okay. No, this <laughs> isn't. No, nothing. Move on, move on, move on. Okay, let's get the session up here because we, we can't just, you know, throw okay. around, you know, rumors of, of him dating older women and then have it turn out to be not true. All right. Uh, Valentine's Day. It's in chapter it's, eight. I right? have them all open. Yeah. Alright. Uh, yeah, it's in chapter eight. eight. Yeah. Alright, let's see if we can know this how many different times the word pink comes up in this chapter. Alright. Do you think it was <laughs> because of the pink? Well, I do, but they were at Madame. Right. At Puddlefoots. Puddlefoots. Thank you for jumping in there. 
Yeah, I really think it was Umbridge. That's very yes. odd. It is odd, but it's also funny. Yeah. I didn't know what flowers you'd like, Peter continues, shy but then flaggingly brave. So I got one of each in the bouquet. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter, Peter State says. Oh, my stomach series crowns. Oh, shut up, Remus Mothers. Oh, you're welcome, Peter. <laughs> Where does it say. Where does it say that she's wearing pink? Oh, it's Peter, I think, who wears pink, right? No, oh, no. Remus casts about for an instant and spots a familiar fuchsia shirt and limp blonde head not five feet from where they are seated. That's Peter and what's her name right there, just to your left. Sirius shifts under him, digging his knee accidentally into Remus's thigh, and Remus gives a muffled yowl of pain. Where? Just there, can't you see the pink? Well, the pink could have been Peter. I can't find it. If it's Peter, then she compliments his shirt. No, this is them locate. It's like they're at the table, and they say, oh, look, can't you see the pink? But the, okay, the pink must be Peter then. It mustn't be Dolores Umbridge. What what page are you on? I'm is on page in- I'm on page twenty three. <laughs> oh, I love this. Well, the roses. I mean, doesn't Umbridge then compliment how he how he's dressed? So if he's wearing the pink, then that means she likes the pink. And if she's wearing the pink, then she's wearing. Pink. I, I love the line about it's like being raped by a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I just love the like the brown paper bag. Hearts. Jen is trying to get us off of the Dolores Umbridge track. We're not. I, no, I, I'm. We're I'm, not going to let Jen. Jen, I'm signing with the peons in this one. Please go. Sit because down. I'm such a stickler for dates. I want to know because either I am very wrong or they are very well, wrong. Well, did they ever? Did they ever place Dolores Umbridge? Like did they, they ever... did not. I made certain of that before I wrote my story. I made certain that nobody had confirmed dates, and I made certain that everything was in a neat little box. Okay, I have to point this out, and this one's more towards Mike and, and towards Jen. When, when Pia says that she made certain with her tone of voice, doesn't that come across like, you know, Tony Soprano made certain everything was alright? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Are you part of the mafia? No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feeling a little intimidated. No, I just went to the lexicon. Okay, oh, well, if it's in the lexicon, it must be true and must be ready for publishing. Um, okay. <laughs> because an offer we can't refuse, P.S. This is true. All right, I'm, I'm a little scared, but I think that it was implied that it was Umbridge. This case obviously came out after, whether it could have been Umbridge. I mean, you know, Imelda Staunton is, is, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. It's very clever. It's fine because we don't know her dates. Mm-hmm. I'm just. Imelda Staunton a is not 35. Skeptical. I just I think- don't have a problem with it i mean it's a fan fiction i mean yes this is me this is me i mean i yeah I, yeah p.s is is quite frankly out of her mind so we can understand <laughs> we can understand that that's like funny. i could totally get i think it's funny i just don't what i focus on is like <laughs> the fact that you know sirius wasn't wearing pants for large yeah, like there's chapters. no pants there's no shirts all right, i have we to feel have as pain. though they were really pushing the how do we get them naked in chapter nine angle that <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> You know, it's just like the guys are like, why do their pants keep coming off? And, and, and the girls are like, why are their shirts keep I don't staying have a problem on? With that. <laughs> I know, I don't. I think it's so funny every time they get naked. I was watching uh, Peter during these chapters because I'm looking for the insults they hurl at him that, like, he looks away and gets this evil glare in his eyes, like, I will avenge you for this moment, kind of. And so I'm, like, waiting to see, like, if James and Sirius in any way push him towards you know, his life of, of crime and amputeeism and eventual, you know, self-strangulation. So Batman yeah. villain. Yes, he does. He's like the Joker. He, he could actually be the, well, no, he, he's too squirmy for the Joker. What was the line, you know, like, James doesn't have any pants and Sirius tells him to, to just take Peter's. And he's like, what would I use it for? Like a small poncho? Like, like it's just like, 
That is wrong. You don't call a man's pants a poncho. There's rules. Is this the part of that guy code or whatever it is? I think there's a guy. Yeah, there's a guy. Do you think this portrays guys very well at all? Well, here's the thing. These guys tend to be very comfortable being naked around each other. And that's yeah. not case. No, that was never really my thing. Like, to give you some. Okay, I am going to define for you very quickly the difference between guys and girls, okay? Okay, now, quickly. Now, this, do you have to Because really, be... I was always wondering. No, I'm joking. I was okay. Just... <laughs> now, I, I was at Grand Central Station last weekend, all right? And they, they have a wonderful food court there. Everyone who's in New York, I, I, I urge you to, to, to go to the, to the Grand Central <laughs> Station. Are you being sarcastic? No. What don't you like in the Grand Central Food Court? I'm in New York City. That's not where I'm going to eat in the Grand Central Food Court. If you're at Grand Central Station, it's a wonderful place to eat. Uh, oh, anyway, go on. All right. We're coming back to this later. Okay. So I'm at the food query, Grand Central Terminal, and, and Danielle has to use the bathroom. So I, for whatever reason, walked her to the bathroom in case she was, you know, mugged by short people on the way. I don't know. Whoever's going to mug her at Grand Central Station. So we walked to the bathroom. Now, the line for the men's room has nobody in it. There's there's nobody in line. There's nobody in the men's room. I don't think it's been used all morning. The ladies' room has a line, which is 87 people deep. And, like, it takes Danielle literally, like, 20 minutes to get into the ladies' room. She's in there for God knows how long. I think I missed my train at this point. And she finally comes out. All she needed to do was wash her hands. Oh, gosh. Now, in the time Danielle progressed through the entire cycle going into the ladies' room, not one guy went into the guys' room and not one guy came out. So if there were guys in there already, I don't know what the hell I would have just had you stand at the door and been like, give me a minute. Make sure nobody comes in. Yeah. Now, that right there, that is the difference between guys and girls. Yeah. I also think there's, like, going on your original question, I think guys, I can't imagine guys just getting naked all the time around each other like that almost. Not maybe for fun. it's a maybe it's a boarding school thing, I don't know, but Ryan, you went to prep school. What do you think? I, I went to prep school from eight to four every day. I came home after that. It was it was somewhat different. You okay. don't know there what happened the after hours. hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. you, you don't want to know what was happening there after I left. Okay, here's the thing. When you I went to an all guy <laughs> high school. When you're there, you belch whenever the hell you want. And you fart whenever the hell you want. That, and you know, for the female teachers there, God bless them. I mean, that, that happened at all girls' schools. Really? Too, because there any guys around. Yeah. I wondered what you people did by yourselves. Okay. So that was pretty much the prep school thing. So, well, here's the thing Sirius is not a normal guy. He is the type of guy that, you know, will stand on his front lawn in the morning, hands on his hips like my elf brethren do, and he would just pee all over the lawn. Like, normal people don't do that. I don't know what it is. Guys don't wear other guys' pants. Yes, that is true. They don't. Really? You're missing out. I think that's true, though, because I know that when I was in college, like, my husband had his sweet mates or whatever, and one of them was one of those straight guys that you would think they were gay, but they're not. <laughs> like, I don't... It, does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, he was just very fashion-forward, and, like, he would dress the guys for their dates, and, like, they would wear whatever, and, like, they traded pants and stuff. He was Remus. I will repeat again. Guys <laughs> don't wear each other's pants. See, I think girls are a lot more comfortable with nudity with each other, I think. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to sound like it. I mean, it must be. This sounds like, I mean, no, I it's not a hom- no, homophobic thing. Homophobia means it sounds more like a bunch of girlfriends. No, homophobia is fear of gay people. That's not what this is. I mean, it's just not a guy thing. Yeah, it's Guys like, just don't do that, though. It's just, well, no, it's it's not that you're afraid that the, that the person next to you is going to be gay and that you have this no, you know, like intense fear of it. No, I know that's not what you mean. I mean, I'm just saying the word choice isn't. I just think it's a guy, like, you know, guys will get changed in the locker room and, and, and that's one thing. But, you know, you don't, you know, come down to breakfast naked because you're just pressed for time. <laughs> Damn. That's all I had to say there. Just- See, I don't know. I don't. And, and maybe I come from a very slightly open, open hippie-ish friend background. I mean, I'm not saying that I'd walk around naked at home or anything, you know. You're that's a hippie? Weird. No, well, no. You're a Southern Baptist from Texas. I don't think you get to be a hippie. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, you have to remember who my best, who my hang around, though. And like, you hang my around best with friend, No, seriously, my best friend is one of those people that wears clothes only because society makes you that, oh. that, that kind of person. Oh. And uh, yeah, like, I just remember, like, I lived with her through high school. And I remember it just wasn't an issue. You just tried clothes. Oh, you know, you. I don't know. It wasn't weird. You would just, oh, you want this for the day? Okay, let's try it. And you'd go to the bathroom. You'd you know why I think that is? I think that's because why? girls' clothes are more interesting than guys' clothes. Cause, so guys are more likely to own everything they need. Whereas girls can be like, oh, those are cute pants. Can I borrow them? Shall I put it this way? I w- worked in right. a college dorm. And the, uh-huh. number, the number one roommate problem for girls, actually, is uh, them taking each other's clothing and stuff without asking each other. Yeah, it's never the I problem do. with guys. Oh, hold on, we have Mike here. Mike can answer all of our questions. Mike, you work in you work in in the dorm, and you, there are guys and girls. Present. I was an RA for two years. You're like, oh, we have Mike. He's a college expert. Well, college. Uh, <laughs> just for now, let's go with Mike. Okay. 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 So we have Mike. Okay, Mike. Do you see guys randomly walking naked down the hallway? No. Do you see girls randomly wait? No, wait, walking do you naked see guys walking down the hallway half naked? Because I um, saw that all the time. Are you on a yeah, co-ed? Upper, well, that's because you were hiding on the ground peeking. Like <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> it's true, everybody. Mike, it's not. True. You'll see guys go shirtless, but you won't see them go uh, pantsless. There's no difference. I don't see any difference in a guys- guy going shirtless. And a girl going around a bra. It's the swimming pool thing. Guys will go into into swimming pools without shirts on. You know, and, and, and the same rules apply. Here's the thing. Sirius is not a normal person. And by that, I don't mean that he... There's anything wrong with Sirius. But take chapter six. No one has any right in life to be that freaking cheerful. <laughs> I like his cheerfulness. His cheerfulness puts... You, his cheerfulness, Jen... Puts you to shame. I know, I know. Isn't Next it lovely? too serious. You look like a depressed little person. I know. Who doesn't I have know. any friends? That's so very he cool. has his depressed moments in this when uh, he's with with Snape, and then again when he's uh, when James is hooking up with Lily, and he's all depressed. Well, one thing I thought was very interesting in these chapters, and and Mike, I hope you caught on to this. It, the whole thing with the room of requirement, and, mm-hmm. and by the way, I just love the moment when they're writing their letters back and forth, and Remus is like. 
There's something about that room. It gives you what you need. A room of requirement, let's just call it. And I'm like, yes, Remus, let's. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for bridging the gap between past and future. I feel much more myself now. So, you know, you have Sirius, who is trapped at school, and he is without his Mooney. And you picked up on the... Good, good. You're making... I'm very very proud of you, Mike. So he's walking around, and he finds a room that gives him what he wants... Follow with me, everybody. And he goes inside the room, and there's cardigans everywhere. That's the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. And, and I love his response to it. it. That can't be it. What the hell would I do with all these cardigans? <laughs> I love oh. that. Did you cry, though? Probably. A little. Just a little bit. Just like a little single so tear. Like the mirror of Erised in room form. Well, I think. Well, I wasn't saddened by it. I think I would be saddened by it if the week. Well, it's be- not sad. I just think it's sweet. Okay, because here's the thing. It would be. We can agree. It would be sad if Remus went in. I'm sorry. If Sirius went into the room of requirement. Let's call it for the purposes of description. And it was filled with Sir Roger's entire set of cardigans. And Sirius was sad because Remus had been struck by a car the week before. That would be yeah, sad. It, yeah, it would be sad if Remus was dead or if they never were able to get together. That would be very sad. Now, yeah, and what was it that – I can't recall. What did Remus see when he went in there, when Remus went in the room? He saw – I have to find uh, it. Okay, we're going to stop the podcast. You, always ask these, you keep asking these questions that I'm like, oh. Jen, what is the capital of Nebraska? Omaha. Nebraska. Lincoln. What? Lincoln. Okay, okay, she has one, and she's repeating it three times. Jen, what is the capital of Indiana? It's one of the metal ones, too, right? Yeah, well, I know. Yeah. Okay. Here's the here's the goal. P.S. Go look for it. I'm going to keep Jen occupied. Go. Okay. Yes. Jen, what? I'm Jen, looking this what? up. You are annoying me I while I'm looking it. up your answer. Mike, what is the capital of Oregon? Who is the second Ottoman Sultan? Ryan? Salem. What? Did you just know the answer to the question? Me? Yes. You are a crazy thing of knowledge. Oh. I had to memorize. I took AP history. I had to memorize them. That's so did I. I, and I don't that's also, but then again, I thought New York was down. Well, there is something well, wrong with down. you. Below Maryland. And I didn't, even, I didn't even say south. I said down. It's under. Mike, ask her another who's one. The, who's the first Ottoman sultan? Like the, like the, the chair? No, like the empire. Jen, do you have it yet? No, I have no idea. Like the chair, I like that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to share that to my history friends. Wait, Jen, keep looking. Is it Murad the first? Jen, you're not supposed to be answering the question. You're supposed to be oh, wait, that's what I was looking up. Oh, you're wait. looking up who the first Ottoman Sultan? No, you're supposed to look up who what Remus found in the room of requirement. Well, I was looking up the Ottoman because I didn't know what an I thought an Ottoman was a chair. <laughs> It's also an empire. Thirteen hundred to nineteen twenty-two. I don't even know what country we're talking about. Oh, is it? It's like Turkey. Yes, Constantinople, Ottoman. Constantinople. Like you're gonna love. Um, Do the chairs tur- come from that country? Wait, are they? It's not a chair. It's like that square thing. Right? Well, I'll find the damn I, I, thing. I was saying chair because I forgot the word furniture. I know. It's with that chair thing, right? And this is what's wrong with the American history education system. This is what's wrong with public schools, dude. I can remember the state capitals, but I never learned about other countries. Hey, I can say all the states in alphabetical order. I'm looking for it. I never did that. Public school did that, and I always wanted to know that, but public school did it, and I didn't. I can teach it's it Winston to you. Winston Churchill's birthday. What day of the year? All I know is it's not mine because I know who shares my birthday. What the hell is the damn thing? November 30th. Is it your That's birthday? That's right. In 1954. Nope. No, I what it was. Sorry. No, I just happen to know his birthday. I know what year. What year? 1954. No, no, no. That's what he no. 
Winston oh, that's Churchill. when he died. <laughs> How could he be in World War II? I just remember that date. Something about that date. Hello? I'm Is it before what? or after the part about... Oh, it's okay. The I'm the one that in no college... He was born in the 19th century. Put it that way. No, I'm the one in college in my history class. And they had extra summer. credit questions. And they were like, okay, when was World War Two?" And I was like, uh, December 7th, 1961. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that wrong. <laughs> my husband, he was sitting beside me and he never let me forget that. I got that wrong. <laughs> what president died of a cold shortly after taking office? William Henry Roosevelt. Harrison. Name yep. the only two acting presidents of the United States. Name the only what? two what? The only two acting presidents of the United States. What do you mean acting? Like the actor? The- oh. No. Like Ronald Reagan? No, their job their job title, if if you ask them what their formal job title was at any one given moment, their title would have been acting president of the United States. There's only four possibilities it could be, really. Well, is, well there's know. there's two correct answers. Was it okay. I know they called John Tyler that, but he Ford? really was president. No, it's their legal title was acting president of the United States. I've never but heard of that. Was Tyler. Tyler one? No. Is it, it is. like is it like 19th, 20th if somebody got shot? It would be their legal designation under the Constitution, under federal law, was acting president of the United States of America. I, I don't know no who idea. it George Bush, you- It was George Bush Sr. and Dick Cheney. Oh, mm, I should have guessed that, actually. Why? Uh, because there are cases where the president didn't die. Ray, they, no, no, Ray, it's like when yes. Reagan got shot. No, it wasn't when Reagan got shot. When Reagan got shot, he never saw, He never invoked the 25th. Reagan invoked the 25th when he had um, a colonoscopy. And actually, Bush did too. Bush has invoked the 25th twice, and Cheney has become president twice. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking about like way in the past times. Nope. Well, they can never... Name, what? Brian, can you name every president who's died in office? I can. Lincoln. <laughs> Guys, all I can say is invite me to the wedding. All right, let me find the... All right, I'm on page 22 of chapter 6. Your Mooney Room. Do you remember where you found it? Da, 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 da. Okay, so it's already been well, mentioned. I was entirely the wrong chapter. I love how pudding is so very important. Pudding yes, is like the glue that holds these chapters together. Jen, don't you agree? I've never had English pudding. I always wondered what it tasted like. Has it probably anyone... tastes like crap. Everybody <laughs> says it tastes Sorry, bad. England. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't... They're eating shit over there. They have no idea what they're missing. I don't know. Amy, I, Amy, I, I, if you're listening, like email me. It's probably not like jello pudding cups or something. Is it like no, it's bread a cake. pudding? Didn't you see the pictures? They have pictures of pudding on there. It looks like it's a cake, but it looks like when you, if you cut it open, there's like a nasty surprise in there. <laughs> like what? Like a Band-Aid? <laughs> no, I meant like some kind of goop. Oh, ew. <laughs> like, I don't trust Dumbledore in this story. Because just do we ever find out what he does to Snape to keep Snape from telling anyone? I think he blackmails him. Probably kicks so I don't him. Know, I was, like, I'm wondering, like, Snape's going to tell everyone. He goes into the office. Everyone else leaves. They close the door. And that's just like, you never hear about it again. He probably threatens that Snape will have to watch him and McGonagall get it on. Jen, I don't think, well, in this story, anything's possible. (laughs) In this story, he was probably like, Severus, before we begin, (laughs) give me your pants. That's terrible. I love the Dumbledore-McGonagall relationship in this story. Do you think it was a ship? I don't think it was really like a ship. I I don't think this story counts as a ship story. I don't know. James and Peter. Sitting in a tree. I cannot find. I'm like searching. All right. Oh, let's stop and let's just get it done. Um, start on page like 20 and go through really fast. I don't know what you mean by page 20. Oh, hang on. I think I found. Yeah, it. I'm on page 20. Wait, how are y'all on pages? 
Are you in the PDF or are you on live drive? Uh, no, because oh, the PDFs you can like you can put at the top. You can put in what page you need. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found right. it. Uh, <laughs> what Remus saw was he saw a dark room with a little slit, you know, that you could see out see out of. It was like a forgotten closet where he, it was perfect for hiding, perfect for reading, Aww. and apparently perfect for making out with Sirius. Maybe if we want to really push the analogy as far as it will go. Ooh. Baby. Uh, oh, baby. But it's me sad that it wasn't something to do with Sirius. Yeah, well, ser- like, seriously think about the, the the types of people we're dealing with. Like, if when I was younger, I was more of a Remus kind of kid. I wasn't like the bookworm, but there was the very quiet kid. I didn't have really a lot of close friends because most of my friends were more of the um, of the serious type. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to imply that they were peeing on the front lawn, but I can't prove they didn't, so let's assume for the moment that they did. You know what's funny? What's that? Remus is serious, but serious is serious. Carry on. Oh, I get it. Guys, all I can tell you, get a room. No, just kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> that was me being funny. It didn't work. All right. But no, seriously. I mean, like, think about this. Okay, so all my friends were more of the, they were the loud, very confident, you know, cool guys. And I was the little bookworm. Well, not, well, let me take that back. And I was the really quiet kid. So when you think about it, like, those groups don't often mesh well. Usually yeah. the Screeches don't hang out with the Zach Morrises and the Peters don't, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the Peters don't usually hang out with the James. I love Stay by the Bell. Sorry. Don't make me sing the theme song, Jennifer. (laughs) But no, so this is like an, it's a very interesting relationship. Whereas, you know, you would not expect someone like Sirius to be friends with someone like Remus. But if you think about it, Sirius can't get along without them. And I just think that's endlessly interesting as just a relationship. doesn't have to be a ship, but just as a relationship. That's why it's my favorite ship and always has been and always will be. And one of the things that was said last week was that Peter is written so well here. Peter is written as a very three-dimensional character. He's very, he's not the cartoon villain. He's not you know, the weak little sidekick, like he gets some good one-liners out there. He has something that he brings to the group. He's not just the tack on. Cause if he was just the tack on, he wouldn't really be in the group. He brings a sense of humor and he brings a sense of seriousness to the group. And he brings a sense of just dumbass to the group, which I feel every group, cannot get enough of i don't know it's 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 a great dynamic i felt like in the first few chapters i didn't know who the characters were yet because i've never read these characters before i've never read you know serious like this is Battlestar galactica to me before the attack it's a whole new set of you know prim instead of you know seeing how people respond under stress i'm seeing people be themselves so i can know who they're going to become later and it's just it's these chapters i had an absolute blast reading i mean okay you have the mistletoe and you have wizarding mistletoe which if you do not you know obey its commands it will what is the deal will it i have to say something about the mistletoe what is that i think they were nargles do you yes why do you think this just because nargles live in mistletoe and so I think the thing that was making them kiss must have been the Nargles. I didn't know. Where was that? Was that from um, J.K.? Oh, no. I just came to that conclusion. Like, just as I was talking? No. Uh, while I was reading it. Were you reading Do it you while I was talking? Do you remember what a Nargle is? Uh, which one? I don't No, it was the... Um, it was... Fifth... The was thing- it? Fifth year? Luna says they lived in the mistletoe. So you're taking your cues yeah. from Luna Lovegood. Yes, yeah, I suppose I am. And are you confident in this? Yes. 
because there's no other explanation as to what makes the mistletoe do the things that it does. So I conclude that Nargles are behind it. Okay. I love that. <laughs> we're we're going to go with Nargle, and we're going to move on from it, because this case is closed. Now, so Ryan, yes. now that you said that, if you had to compare members from this fic to people, like, who do you think? Remus is Hermione. Remus is Hermione, and, like, who's Harry and who's Ron? Well, it's not an exact... I mean, here's the thing. It's like, just, okay, we, we were talking about Saved by the Bell. Did everyone see the Saved by the Bell episode where they find... I've never seen any Saved by the Bell. <laughs> what I what have, are you I've doing seen... in this blizzard? <laughs> Well, you're younger than all of us, right. so maybe that's why you Phantom. missed it. Yeah, I, I missed it. Hold on, what were you doing during the 80s? Not being alive. How old are you? Are you serious? I'm when 19. You... I was born in 88. Well, I only lived through two of the 80s. Monster. Well, no, no uh, hold well, on. I must say by the bell. Say by the bell was in the 90s. You were four. Yeah, I <laughs> was not... four. I think I was more interested in other things. Well, that's inexplicable. Okay, the deal with... Do you know what Say by the Bell is? I know you what it is. You haven't told us what you're talking about. What episode? Uh, well, I'm, I'm do- making sure she knows what Saved by the Bell is, Jennifer, oh. before I tell oh, her. Oh, I thought you of- said, do you know what we're talking about? And I'm like, Jen you know what we're talking about. Okay. The, it's the episode <laughs> where it's like 15 years in the future and the next generation of Bayside High students find the, um, they found the time capsule and has VHS tape in it recorded, you know, 15 years ago, which of course, you know, apparently we still use VCRs, <laughs> you know, with that. so Mr. Belding happens to have one in his office. So they yeah. pop it in, and it's it's basically you know a message from the Saved by the Bell crew to the to the future people. But the thing was is like there was like a future Zach, there was a future Kelly, there was a future Jesse. It was like there was a future Screech. It was every character had like you know an exact new version of them in the future. So one of the things I actually was thinking during the scenes where Remus is prepping James to ask out Lily, I was thinking, God, this is something I could picture Hermione doing, and I actually tried to answer that question like i tried to see who you know who is everybody here but the truth is is that they don't all equal over i mean peter is not neville peter is nobody peter there is no contemporary peter there is no contemporary traitor there is no contemporary quiet kid who loses all self-confidence i mean that's not neville's art so there's no him um there's no serious point could be neville well yeah but i don't see them as the same if you have to look at all the characters i've always thought that neville and peter had similar tasks set before them but they made drastically different choices so i always thought of peter is like what neville could have been like if he was not as strong as he was mm-hmm. but there's no serious you know they're like the closest you're going to come is a cross between you know, george yeah like yeah well yeah i mean you could say you know maybe fred and george or you know wrong and you know Seamus's love know. child maybe i don't know but like there's no content- i think they're very original they are i mean i, I like that i mean i'm glad that they didn't just make remus like a male hermione and like all that <laughs> well, right stuff. like y'all say yeah ryan said he yeah. reminds you of hermione but i see a lot of uniqueness and yet i don't think the characters are so far away than a character i could see actually being themselves you know what i mean well if you told me mm-hmm. that that the character of remus was an original character and was Hermione's father. I could see that because there are traces of who Hermione will eventually be in Remus. But whereas, you know, Hermione has pretension. You had, think? Well, yes. I, I mean, Remus has much more of a sense of humor. Well, that's the thing. Hermione Remus is. has, a, he has a great more of a sense of humor. He's not pretentious. He's not snobby. He is insecure to a great extent. Hermione, maybe, but she'll never tell you and she'll bury herself into a book. I mean, 
Remus will bury himself into a book, but he'll, like, openly acknowledge he's burying himself in the book, whereas if you ask Hermione why she's burying herself in the book, she'll slap your hand and tell you to read the damn book. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. there are differences there. I thought Lily was, like, socially adjusted Harry a little bit. I thought that Lily was, like, if you want to talk about the, the contemporary characters, Lily had, yeah, I mean, she did. She had some Hermione in her. She definitely had a lot of Ginny in her. Um, she had, yeah, I mean, they're original characters. I mean, you can, like, you can find traces of me and Jen, but, you know, I mean, it's like, you can, everyone has some, uh, doesn't that make you feel good? But, you know, it's like, they're, they're very original, and it's interesting for me, and I've never really, I'm one of those people that won't read, you know, like, Hogwarts, The Next Generation, or to this point, I haven't read because I really haven't cared, but these characters make me care. And Well, I think, but also, but you know these characters, too. I mean, these aren't complete strangers. I think that's what's different about the next generation versus these. Yeah. Well, these, at least, you know where they become. It's true. And you know what? It's even when you're reading these chapters, there's so much, it's so funny, but it's so sad at the same time. Because like Melinda said last week, you know what's going to happen. And you know that, like, think of some of the jokes that, that were going on here. You have the joke with James when he is trying to get, he, he's just wallowing in self-pity because Lily will not be with him. And you have him just look at, I forget the line, but it's something like he looks at, at Peter and just says, kill me, Wormtail. And, you're, and you know what happens. And it's, but it's a ju- it's a throwaway line, and you would never guess in a million years that's where the story would go. But Wormtail essentially does kill James. I mean, it- I, I, I think that's interesting, and I think it's interesting that um, to watch you read this for the first time because I'm sure I've said this a lot. I would say that my primary interest in the fandom, both reading and writing, is past fic. So this is normal for me. So it's kind of interesting for me to see you have this first experience. I get that a lot. People love to see what I'll do next. <laughs> but um yeah it, it was it was very interesting and just see like 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 okay for example and, and really i'm not going to stop talking about Battlestar galactica jen just stop trying to get me to do it i love Battlestar galactica well there you go mike, mike won't see it mike mike refuses to watch it p.s I'm oh sure mike oh mike oh, seriously mike. i love it i love it oh did you watch razor no not yet what the hell happened you were going to watch razor I am addicted to the characters, and I'm afraid that will make me not like them as much. I don't like watching non-characters. You will very much... Well, no, there's a lot of characters. Like I hate that captain. I hate her. Adama is... Well, no, it's not all of her. Adama is in the story. Uh, Lee is in the story. Starbuck is in yeah, the story. Yeah, Lee and Starbuck are why I watch it, because I really want them to like get it on. I'm yeah. still waiting. Okay. Starbuck? And Starbuck. Um, and like, like what? The coffee? Yeah, like the coffee. It's Starbuck is actually the owner of the. Of the oh, Starbuck. Starbuck! Yeah, that's her. Her yeah. nickname. Yeah, and she owns. She actually formed all the coffee joints. She actually, you know, she's the head of the Starbuck Corporation. The, the only thing that you'll see in there is obviously they tell you that Starbuck has a destiny. I, I'm actually kidding, Mike. Starbuck has nothing to do with the coffee. I figured that out. About okay. No, it's um. Yeah, no. Starbuck. <laughs> Starbuck was a was a character in the original Battlestar Galactica. That when they reimagined the, zero, the series, Starbuck came back exactly. The same as in the original version, except this time with breasts. What's the one you always see the commercials on the Sci-Fi Channel for the alien that looks like it has an octopus head and there's little tentacles coming out of its mouth uh, or out of its skin? I don't know. Maybe it was a Sears commercial. Farscape. There we go. Yes. Far. Oh, um, yes. Farscape. Great show. Awesome show. Watch Farscape. Farscape Jen- is. Oh my god! It's like my top two or three. Jen, would it you have watched so- it if there wasn't leather involved? Hmm. 
I don't know. The leather is hot. You oh, don't even tell me that you don't think that Aaron and leather is hot. Aaron is a very attractive young woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hot. I promised Jan I would read Buffy. I mean, I'd read watch Buffy after I finished. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll 5. send you Buffy with <laughs> with work. Babylon Five, and then you say, okay, we're. This and I'm like, sending him seasons two and. So, Feature. P.S. Ashley just left to go rent it, so we're doing well. I'm sorry, I'm not going to watch Buffy because I didn't like Angel or Firefly. You didn't like Firefly? Oh, yeah, Buffy's. Firefly. I thought it was. I didn't. I thought it was really pretentious, and it annoyed me. I just used that word. See, I think Joss Whedon is amazing. Okay, P.S. Have you watched Battlestar Galactica? I watched the old version with my dad. Oh, oh, P.S. Awful. I, I hope you had like a father-daughter moment there. Otherwise, there was nothing of value for you in that. Yeah, experience. the new one is so not like it at all. It's wonderful because right. I wasn't going to watch it. Okay, P.S. When we're done here, I'm going to send you YouTube clips. Okay. 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 Send me like oh, 200 no. YouTube clips when he said that to me. Okay, you don't get to talk about the amount of content I send Farscape. someone over AIM. <laughs> you would really I love Farscape. Okay, here's the deal. I'll send you Buffy with Babylon and Farscape, and then you send... Okay, we have to get back to the shoebox project. We <laughs> the shoebox. All right. Yes, we do. Okay, now let us just, because we have very little time tonight, because we have mo- wasted, we have squandered most of our time for this podcast, <laughs> taking pictures of my front lawn... And um, presidential debate and yes, discussing how PS and Mike are, you know, intellectual equals, you know, in every conceivable way, and how Jen has a little bit of me trapped in her head. It's very shoeboxish <laughs> sort of a uh, very shoeboxish sort of podcast. It is. It is really. Now let's let, let's just dive into these chapters and tear them apart. Shall we? Not like in a bad way, in like a, a like an analytical way. That was me using metaphor. Okay. So like for example, moments that jumped out at me. Um, gee, let's see. How about um, Lily shoving her tongue down Remus's throat in the stairs with James watching? And yes. That. That is one of my favorite moments. The only one to kiss a girl in that chapter. And I, I think I preferred like- when there weren't any girls involved. What? Oh, well, that's good too. But I, I love this kiss, and I love I mean, that she I does like it, it too. But she, it's Remus's like first kiss, isn't it? And like she almost, I feel like she almost apologizes to Remus, but it's such a good moment to like make James boil, <laughs> and he just is like okay, and like he goes with it like completely the best way a guy like I had a friend just like this this character of Remus, and I swear we had some fun times. What did fun you do time. to your friend on the staircase? <laughs> I don't know. Jennifer? Ooh. It was good times. Good times. No, he was really sweet. Have... And, you know, like, he was one of those guys you could kiss and, like, it didn't mean anything. And, like, you just did it because it was natural. Did you practice on There are him? guys like that? Yeah. Like, the, the girl. You've never had a girlfriend guy? Come on. Really? Really. Oh. Well, maybe I'm weird. I, it could be me. I could co- totally be weird. I've had lots of girlfriend guys, which... There are problems with girlfriend guys. You apparently cannot wear their clothes. <laughs> no. But you can ask them about how your clothes look, and they'll tell you honestly. Well, they? Uh, yeah. Can I tell you, for Thanksgiving one year, my mother had her um, apron on, and she had, like, a knife in her hand that I think could have lacerated the space shuttle. And she looked at me <laughs> and said, do I look fat in this? <laughs> like, what can the hell? Like, she had a freaking knife in her hand. No, I didn't answer. I told her she looked lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just That's saying, funny. you know, sometimes... I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. 
My mother doesn't know how email works. I'm very doubtful that my mother is listening <laughs> to this podcast right now. All right. Now, we've discussed kiss number one, which I thought was, you know, the Lily Remus kiss. I thought that must be what he was talking about in Azkaban in that scene, which was so good. Joe forgot to put it into the book. And now we move on to what I feel is the, um, the defining moment of Sirius Black's life. Now, I know, you, you know, probably, you know, getting hauled to Azkaban for 13 years, falling through the veil, you know, might be up there in the top five. The first time you saw Buckbeak poop must be in the top five. Um, James dying. James dying. Definitely top five. Definitely top five. Um, His reunion with Remus. That was very emotional. Can I just tell you that re- the reunion with Remus is like so much more emotional now, assuming this is the backstory. I just want to tell you that. that Welcome that, to my life. This is, this is your, we should really do like a DV. Like you could be my so-called life and the entire series could be you reading fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> this is like pop culture TV show episode. Okay, I just point out that right now <laughs> on pop culture TV shows that were before my time. Right now, Thundercats. Thundercats. <laughs> I've watched I an episode. Was a very impressive I've show. I've never seen that. Yeah. Will Whedon, Wesley Crusher from Star Trek, apparently loved that show. I'm just throwing that out there for your thoughts and reviews. <laughs> I, had a crush I on actually him. like Wesley Crusher. I know. I was like, I liked him. That's why I watched Star Trek. <laughs> May I ask why? I was 12. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> who is he? Don't you worry, Mike. P.S. Why did you like Wesley Crusher? I don't know. I just liked him. I just thought he was a neat character. Was it his goofy smile? Maybe. Did you notice that his pants never zipped up all the way in the back? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't looking. I've watched too many times. Watch him and his, watch him in his because he's the goofy kid who saves the ship every week when the adults who were trained to operate the damn ship don't know how to do it. And if you notice in his acting ensign uniform, the pants never close. So let me get this straight: the ship is going to be destroyed in thirty seconds. You're the engineer who studied for forty-seven years, and you know how to save the damn ship. But some little puke head with a goofy smile on his face who pants are falling off comes up and says, hey, I have a great idea. And you're going to listen to him? No. I'm sorry. If it okay, works, go with it. All right. I, I, I need to come. I, I need to take my asthma medication. Okay. Where were we? Oh, the Lily defining the defining moment. No, we're, we're moving well beyond that. Lily and James, the past. I'm talking about the future here. <laughs> now, it's the moment when Sirius and Snape realize that they must kiss. Soulmates. They're soulmates. I love that part. Could you I just fe- thought it was the funniest thing ever. Now, I know Harry wasn't present because that would be awkward on a number <laughs> of levels. But um, if Harry were present, Harry, as we have discussed, especially in the um, the Prisoner of Azkaban commentary, Harry has an innate ability to, whenever he is standing somewhere, generate his own theme music. And he is able to call from the heavens the light source without the source and the music in the background. And I have to feel that if Harry were there, they could have had their perfect um, roller disco moment. Do you want to just think that over for a minute? Get back to me. I don't know what a roller disco is. It's, That's what I was trying to figure out too, actually. Jen, how are you doing? Jen. 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 Jennifer. Jen, Jen does this sometimes. Jen leaves and goes grocery shopping and hopes we don't call on her. Tisk tisk. I'm disappointed in you, Jen. Jen. You're my role model. There is there is another option. Jen could be. On mute and just... Oh, sorry, I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> I thought I could be quick. And I went, you jerk. <laughs> and I heard you. <laughs> You're so mean. While you were going to the bathroom, did you try and go faster? 
Yeah! <laughs> Shut up, I hate you. <laughs> that was mean. Here I'm like, full bladder all day. I go for two seconds. That's when y'all are like, oh, finally, let's be on topic and talk to Jen. <laughs> Do you know what a roller disco was? Do you know what the roller disco is, Jen? A roller disco? Yes. Isn't it like roller skating? Yes, with the light above, like the disco. Yeah, ball. like I grew okay, up doing I that. We had right. roller disco parties, dude. Okay, well, there you go. So I, I, I have to feel as though Snape and Remus could have. I'm sorry, Snape. Oh, see, oh, Snape and Remus. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I actually like that ship. I, I haven't read it ever. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Must God. try something new. Jen's canceling all of her weekend appointments now. But I feel as though that Snape and, and that Sirius could have had that very special moment together if Harry were there to generate the light source and, of course, the um, the theme music. But I, I just even love the description of it. It's like, you know, you have, you know, Snape's bony hands, like, grabbing Sirius on the back of the neck. And it's, it's, it's really... It's my favorite. <laughs> That was really funny. Does anyone else have words to use to describe it? I can just kind of make that throwing up in my mouth noise. Anyone else? True love. I, just, I suppose we'll never be covering a snack fic. What is a snack fic? Snack fic? Nate Black. Well, wow. I had read one of those. We, we could try, but it would have to probably be written differently. I was just joking. No, we can, we can cover it. And what we'll do is we'll have Lady Chi on that week. And we'll tell her <laughs> that we're covering, you know... Her stuff, for example, and then we'll spring snack on her and just see what she does. That would be sounds pretty like a drug. Actually, I keep hearing smack. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Yes, John. I want to talk a little bit about the artwork. I mean, we've kind of discussed the format, we've discussed the characters, but are y'all under the impression that the actual authors are the artists of all these little pictures? I, and- actu- I actually did not believe they were. You don't think they are? I did not think they it were. It says so at the end, doesn't it? I thought it, they were. One of them is. Yeah. Like, I, I think they are, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's it says, is it, does, I think Dorkerific does the art and Lady Jada writes the words. Is that it? Okay. That's a good deal for Lady Jada. Did that make it sound like a picture book? <laughs> That's a really good deal for Lady Jada. Like, I mean... You draw I'm, the picture and I'll write underneath. Wow. I just can't even I, I, imagine I the amount of work and time that they've put into this. I mean, even each one of these drawings... I mean, that's this is good. Like, I know it's, you know, pencil. <laughs> We're halfway but. through a five-week series on, on the Shoebox Project, and Chance like, it, it, it's good. <laughs> I know. Let's actually go through them, because I'm at chapter six right now, so I'm flipping through the okay. pictures here. Do you ever find, yeah. though, that as you're reading them in the PDF document, the pictures come before the event? I, yes. I, uh, yes. Sometimes. Yeah. There's no Some- pictures in six, is there? No, there's pictures in six. There's pictures in all of you were reading it off of the live journal. I am. I'm on the live journal. And there's the no pictures. pictures. Don't show up on the live journal. That's annoying. Okay, I'm gonna go yeah. to the PDF. Because like last week, I thought I would open the live journal while we were recording. So because I thought it would be easier than the PDF, but the pictures weren't there. Am I the only well, one? Well, the PDF just takes so dang long to load. So yeah, that, that's long. why I thought I would look at the live journal. Right. Am I the only one though? Aren't there? Tell sometimes in the picture who's supposed to be who? I really. I kind of can't tell Remus and Peter apart. Are you serious? I think it's very obvious. I think if they're obviously, if it was a, if it was a picture of like both of them, I could. But if it's just one of them, I can't tell who it's, but which one it's supposed to be. 
Yeah, like I'm looking at the pictures in chapter six. The kisses. Yeah. The one where Sirius is kissing Remus or Peter. I don't know which it is. I think it's Remus, but I'm not sure. All right, go through the pictures with me. Do you do you have the pictures in front of you? The one, I have, this one's yeah. the one by the tree, right? The girl. Okay, the... the first picture is yeah, the tree where he's leaning over. Remus Ooh. and a girl we don't know. I mean, Sirius is Lily. This is the Remus and, and Lily kiss, no, isn't it? Remus no, is oh, wait, a kisser. I thought it was a good kiss. I thought it was what? Remus and Lily too. No, that, no, 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 no. That can't be Remus. That can't. I mean, be. Well, that, that maybe looks like he wants to do it. Yeah. Or serious. maybe this is serious. Like, plan- oh, this is it's, it's serious because he's got the longer girl. Hair. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, under the mist because remember he kept trying to capture the, the innocent. Is, see, it's I a different girl every picture. Girls are random. We don't know who they are. So is it serious? Yeah. And all, is the next one also serious? Yes, and the third yeah, girl, the, th- the third girl looks a little scared, and I'm wondering where his other hand is in that picture. <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Um, is it between her? Oh no, that's her hand. That's her hand. I think. Where is her hand coming from? Her yeah, hand is. I don't mean to be explicit, but her arm is coming out of her crotch. What is up with that? <laughs> no, her I arm is going her down hand. her body. She's Those probably ones? saying, "No, hands off, not here." <laughs> that, that, herself from Sirius. No, Sirius's hand has the mistletoe in his right hand. And his I think his other one is like pulling her hand away. Well, that case probably ended shortly after the hand came out of her crotch. Alright, moving on to page 19, please. <laughs> I like the serious Peter kiss. I like the face in the... Is in it, it, was, no, it was James. It was, it was, That's Peter. Remus has his glasses. No, James kissed... James Peter. kissed Peter. Serious is kissing Peter. somebody. No, oh, and I can't that's tell not, that's not serious. That's James. No, James kissed Peter because because Mike emailed me to ask me if this was a James um, Peter ship, and I told him yes. So that was that was definitely Peter. So okay, it is serious and Peter because yeah, I'm telling you, this boy, is serious. The, the, the dark haired boy does not have glasses, and the light haired boy does not have scars. So it has to be serious and Peter. That but is serious and Peter. That makes no sense, though. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make any Maybe sense. Maybe James took his glasses off for the kiss. No, this is serious. Sirius has the long hair like this. He's got I mean, great hair. If you look at every other picture of Sirius, unless James suddenly decided to use hair gel. No, I, it is so... Well, I'm trying to find the perfect picture of but James. But these aren't on the story. They look distinctly different. Yeah, because I didn't think that happened in the story. I think it it's, well, showing, no, it's showing. It, it's showing the like pictures are there, so you they didn't the have to put it in the story. It's like saying like what else happened and, and all this. It would be like if this were a movie. This would be like a montage of stills or something. No, I understand yeah. that, but there was no ref. Uh, if we're just to assume that Sirius went around kissing all the Marauders, I guess that's fine. But well, no, we're, it's just supposed to be showing how like easy Sirius is, and like he doesn't care who he's kissing. He's just one of those guys. Okay, I can deal with it. Well, like if you look at the first page on well. Oh, no, you can't. Never mind. Ignore that. It looks so evil. Nargles. It does. Nargles, excuse me. The Nargles. Here's pudding. I see pudding on the next one. Yeah. Oops, I'm on the wrong one. Never mind. Hard one. pudding. That doesn't look appetizing, though, I have to admit. I tell you, it, it looks not unappetizing. Right, I'm going to chapter seven because I... Do Sorry. any of y'all doodle? Do you consider these doodles? Is this a doodle? Okay, a doodle for me is a stick figure that's waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a doodle for me is like... Because I, 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 I doodle. Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised by what I drew. Like the other day, I drew a bird, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yes. I want to see the other Jen art. Jen is a really good artist. Have you guys seen her? No, picture? I'm not. But that's how I doodle. That's what you're thinking of. That's my doodling. That's that's your oh doodle. Oh my gosh! 
uh, I, I, I will one. scan my bird and post it on the forums and show you what doodling is. Okay, we're going to do a season like finale the- episode around the you know middle of February, and we're going to do many different clips from the season. I want one of them to be PSAing. I'm going to scan my bird and send it to you. <laughs> oh, and chapter- okay. Chapter se- seven. I'm going through seven this, the now. The first picture is Lupin. Um, he has the scars and Sirius, right? Oh no, the first picture. Oh wait, that's not a picture. Well, yeah, so, it's that's the eye, isn't it? No, it's um. It's, is it on page ten? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. That's, that's the library. in the library, and that's definitely Remus because he has those scars. Yes. Now, Mike, when Sirius rested his head on Lupin's thigh and went to sleep, you did pick up on the symbolism. No symbolism. Nothing. Okay. Moving on. I know, what's the symbolism? Well, I think there must be some symbolism to laying on another guy's thigh and taking a nap. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I guess. Well, who's the creepy eye belong to? Probably serious. I'm not even looking at it, but I'm pretty sure it must be serious. Well, you're really in touch with this fic, aren't you? No, I can only assume. Page 14. Might look like a werewolf eye, almost. Maybe it's Lupin. Would Remus take a picture of his own eye? That sounds like a really serious thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, someone else took the picture now. They could have named Sirius, like, Bill or something and made this conversation <laughs> easier for me. All right. Um, <laughs> let me just... And then there's the extra, 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 And extra. the mouth. Yeah. What do you think of Luna's father? I liked it. I thought it was funny. He he, he just amuses me so much. I mean, he... That's... Well, he had to, I think, his character. Do you think they made um, two... P.S. I'm going to direct this question towards you because it's an anal question and you, like me, are anal. Do you think they made too much of an effort to show that every single character that we know from Harry's time has a predecessor in this year or in this yes. school? It's yes. like it's like yes, I do. Every everyone was there. I mean, everyone. It's funny you ask that question. Was it really? Yeah. Well, I mean, just want to make this like all about me. Oh, but, but let, like, let, please, let's let's. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm writing a story that is set in the past with like older generation characters and there are only so many people that I can put in it that like, are like, from the canon. Who should not be here? Who should not be where? In shoebox? Yes. No, I don't I, I don't mean that. I don't mean there should no nobody should be in there. Well like my fic is set in nineteen eleven. So like there's only a limited number of canon characters that I can put in. So I've been like making up people and being like, okay, this is Snape's grandmother, you know? McGonagall. <laughs> McGonagall is not Snape's grandmother. No, I, I'm fairly sure she's not. But did you put McGonagall in your fic? No, no, McGonagall is too young to be in my fic. That's how you know you went back really far. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. But I just, <laughs> I like Jen. That's incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, so anyway, yeah, what did you guys think? I forget why I started saying that. Uh, the well, no, it's like okay. The, the moment I realized because, it was when they brought... Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. I, yeah. I just remember why I went on that tangent. It's because it's I when I sat down to figure out whose like, ancestors I should make up to put in my story, mm-hmm. I, I was very careful not to do everybody, even though, I mean, it's really obvious because there's a potter and there's a long bottom. But, like, I tried not to yeah. make it be so gratuitous well it was it was like for example i think it was james ran up to frank longbottom so frank Longbottom. yeah yeah like it's really convenient that frank longbottom is in their year you know what i well, mean it doesn't, doesn't even have to be in their year he has to be anywhere in that seven year stretch but you yeah. have frank longbottom you have luna's father you have um you have bellatrix 
is there. Um, it just it seemed like there was a granted you know, the Weasleys aren't there, so you know maybe there's or at least they're not there yet. So maybe there's some type of you know, obviously um, you know you know the Marauders are all there, Lily's there. So it's it, it, that to me seems some well. You know, you know what? On the other hand, it makes some sense to does, me because. In this sort of society, I imagine it's a society where they probably marry relatively young. Mm. Yeah, and I believe Because that. Hogwarts is where you meet, you know, that's the only place you're yeah. meeting eligible witches or wizards. So it makes sense that the people of Harry's generation, their parents all went to school, school together. together. Well, that's true. No, well, but the, 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 the thing, but the thing is, the, you're saying, how many people are going to be having kids during a war? You know what I mean? I mean, I know, obviously, by the size of Harry's year, you know. But it's like, how I'm kind of wondering, do you get what I mean? It's like there's a difference between people having their first kids yeah. during the war and like the Weasleys who had Ron mm-hmm. and the difference between like Harry and Neville who were the well G- Ginny was probably conceived after the war yeah I mean but Ron Ron was born probably conceived during the war born after probably Ginny was yeah. born in August She's only a year Ginny, younger than that. Ginny was born. What year was Ginny was born before the war was over? Because okay. the war ended. I love how we're trying Halloween. to figure out when when Molly and Arthur did it, and whether yeah. there was fighting. Well, no, well, Ginny Ginny was born before the war was over. That's true too. Because so yeah, it ended in it ended on Halloween, and Ginny was born in August. Yeah, that's true because it's one of those things where you would expect there to be a great boomer. I love how so we're doing. Actually, like, the Weasleys stopped having kids after the war, so maybe they like needed to be nervous or scared. <laughs> maybe the war got them going. Or something, and that was what. Yeah. Well, some people like tense situations in order to. Uh, yeah. Be like, we're going to die, so we have to reproduce. And, and then the war was over, and Molly was like, shit. Um, <laughs> do you like me in red? Like, I don't know. So, Jen, are you here? Yeah. Jen. Jen, you're not, I'm ta- here. You're not talking. Well, I don't know any of the dates of when people. <laughs> like, I don't care about that stuff. So, so change I'm just the letting subjects. y'all go on. <laughs> so change I can the change the subject. Mike, no, I, I mean, it's totally great because there's listeners that are interested in that. Well, Jennifer, here's what? my question what? to you. I love how everyone else is calling her Jennifer now, too. Go ahead. Do you like how James. My, one of my favorite parts was seeing James kind of mature a little bit after he hooks up with Lily and seeing him kind of. She's good grow. for him. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love their relationship. Well, I, I don't know. It's hard for me not to love every relationship and every character. I mean, I even like Peter in this, which says something. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Peter in this, too. Like, well, like every time, like, Peter didn't look stupid, I kind of cheered. <laughs> well, yeah. Peter was hilarious through these chapters. He gets a date and starts getting ready a week before. <laughs> it's cute. Like, you can understand. I think we've all known somebody in our lives that, that's just like Peter. Hello. That you he kind of reminds me of George he does remind me of George. He, you know, he ri- reminds me of me at his age. That was me. All of this didn't happen overnight, folks. No, you're not. You not. No, because every like you're confident and like he just has like he's one of those people that I remember like putting under my wing and like protecting them because they were just like sad. No, that was that hey, was me. You're saying I was sad. <laughs> no. Give me my secret keeper. I don't believe that's Ryan. you. I'm not being anyone's secret keeper. I saw what happened to the last secret keeper. I'm staying away from the secret. <laughs> So let me get this straight. Being the sad young man I was, Jen, you could have taken me under your wing and protected me from from the outside world. I would have if you were as pitiful as Peter. Yeah. Because I'm very much, I think, like... James, I think. I which who do y'all relate most to? Which like, I honestly relate Remus. so much to James. Yes. I Remus, Remus. really? Miss also. Oh. Shane's like, oh, um Wouldn't it be <laughs> I gotta get run into that <laughs> movie I got later. Who do you think we relate most to, Jen? Yes. If you Jen, please. 
Well, uh, gosh, I don't know. Well, what was your question? Think of a damn answer. Well, why? Do, well, I didn't say. Okay, let me think. Jane <laughs> Christ. And you have to see why. Ryan, I would say you have very Remus qualities. Remus like. I don't see that you have Peter qualities, really. Well, that, that is very good to know. Although, at the time, if I got a date, I would wake up three days early just to make sure I didn't miss it. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't really. I don't. P.S. For what I from what I know from you, I don't really see you like Remus because I don't think he is quite as. I think he lets a lot of things go. Do you know what I mean? Like I think he he's one of those guys that lets things he's slide. Anal. Yeah, he's not. I don't see him as an like an anal retentive type of. Not that you are completely anal retentive, but you know you. <laughs> Well, that's what we've talked about this whole episode is how he much y'all like detail to oriented. Well, do you know what I mean? I, I, I really I don't like that's that. a bad thing. No, it's not a bad. I, I embrace it. If I weren't this detail oriented, is that the euphemism we're using now? Yes. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. This is why I'm not a pianist still. I mean, God, those people are like anal. Um, <laughs> but no, you know what I mean? Like, I think I have some Remus qualities, but I think I'm a lot more like James. I don't know. I think I have a lot of serious qualities, too. Do you, so, pee, do you pee on your front lawn? You know, no, but like, I think I'm a little bit more. I think, I think what I've about serious. No, I think do you think I'm Lily? Lily? I think she is Lily, yeah. She yeah. is I think Lily. I'm a lot more like serious, I think, Lily. in that. I think serious. Sorry, puts himself in a position to lighten up a situation. Like he does whatever he can to make people loosen up and feel comfortable, if not silly. Yeah. And I can relate to that. Yeah, so, I, would say, I would say Jen is serious. Uh, Chi is Lily. Brian is Remus. Meg is Snape. Uh, P.S. is... I'm not sure. Hold on. So I'm Remus and... and Wait, uh, does that mean I have to be Peter? <laughs> no. I don't I mean, know if there is a character... That. Well, wait, 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 wait. I'm Remus. Yes. Yeah. And, and Jen is serious. No, Jen is uh, Lily. <laughs> Who's wait, serious? I'm Lily. Wait, I'm sorry, Jen is serious. She is Lily. You're right. You're yeah, right. I'm okay. serious. Okay, so and who is James? But I think I'm like James too, though. In real life, I think I'm very much like James. All right, so what you're basically telling me, Jen, is that <laughs> you, and, you and I are going to have an affair with each other, but you, in fact, really want to be with Chi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hmm, I don't know. Let me think about that one. That's, that's tough. That's very deep. That almost <laughs> makes me glad you couldn't think of one for me. <laughs> well, I don't know. You don't know. want to be part of our incestuous little family over here? Come on, Bia. <laughs> I was that's just curious. Yes, would be McGonagall. Minerva. Really? <laughs> to her friends, they call her Minerva. <laughs> I call her Minerva. Well, Sirius, you know, kissed her on the lips, so apparently that would be Jen's job. So, Jen, if you could take care of that, your earliest opportunity, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. So... <laughs> Yeah, so Je- Je- we are in the final stretch of this episode. We have squandered a great deal of time, and Jen has to go on a date with her husband this evening. And, you know, <laughs> speaking as someone who will be a husband in less than two years, you know, Jen, my sympathies. Yes. So, <laughs> there you go. So, um, final stretch on these chapters, which I feel, this is one of these fics that, with, like, most of the stories we cover, we get into, the, like, you know, the deep themes and the allegory and the, the meat of these chapters. And with the Shoebox Project, I kind of <laughs> want to go pee on the fire hydrant outside. It brings <laughs> out that fun side of me because peeing on fire hydrants yeah. is, of course, very fun. But you it's can covered with snow. It is covered. Oh, stop. <laughs> P.S. There's a thing about peeing in snow that I will discuss with you after the podcast when we get into our Battlestar Galactica discussion. But, don't eat the snow. Don't eat the yellow snow. So, um, thank you, Mike. So, 
looking at these chapters, I mean, there's, it's not to say there isn't meat in these chapters because there is. We have all of the male characters kissing all of the other male characters, and that is true, <laughs> and that is amusing, and we giggle. We do not, <laughs> we pretend we don't, but we do, and you all know it, so just bear with me. <laughs> um, but there's, there's a lot of heart in these chapters, and one thing which I will say, which I was mildly disappointed in, was um, the entire thing that happened with Remus, and, I'm sorry, with um, Sirius and with Snape. And uh, the entire story that we know about from the canon with Snape going and discovering that Remus is a werewolf. Now, what did everyone think about this? Because it did not play out like I expected. And I know there's more to come. But from clues that Lady Chi had dropped in the last podcast, I had fully expected that this would be a situation where Snape would be sent to the Whomping Willow by Sirius. It, It would be premeditated. And it would be something where Sirius made a terrible mistake. And Remus, you know, would never look at him quite the same way again. And their relationship would be drastically altered from that point forward. That was what I expected. kind of how I pictured it before I read this story. Like, I always... I I don't know if I, like, imagined that it would change Remus's perception of Sirius that much. I thought it would piss him off, at least. I mean... Because I think Remus... The fatal flaw of Remus is that he just wants to be liked. And because there are these guys that like him and are his friends, I think he lets them get away with murder. Literally. Do you, do you think he was pissed but didn't want to lose friends so he just I let think it go? that's a possibility. If you think about take the canon, why does he never tell Dumbledore that Sirius can turn into a dog because yeah. he doesn't to lose Dumbledore's respect? Like he's willing to overlook an insane amount of stuff in order to keep people's respect and uh, well regard. In the canon, why doesn't he do that? Yeah, well, he yeah, doesn't. Like in why Prisoner of Azkaban, why didn't he tell Dumbledore Sirius is an animagus? There, if there's He's, a dog running around, it's the guy you want. Because at that he time, says why too? He says Remus he had want. no reason to believe that Sirius was innocent, so he thought that he was a murderer. Right, and he says the reason he doesn't tell Dumbledore is because he doesn't want Dumbledore to lose the respect he has for Lupin by uh, knowingly defied his rules when they were children. And that's why he doesn't tell Dumbledore. Okay, that him. makes sense. I always, I had forgotten that line. I always assumed that Dumbledore knew what the Marauders no. did. Okay. Because, and then Remus, after Remus took that from Harry, he had it the whole time and he was, he didn't, like, give it to Dumbledore or anything. Which, again, I think is a sign of this willing to forgive anything and overlook anything in order to be well regarded. That's really good. And that does make a lot of sense. I think from what I had expected to happen, well, first things first, I expected Snape to be in some type of actual danger. And the way, yeah, was, the way it was written was like you have the whole argument over the pants and that, you know, now I want to point this out here. And Jen, please weigh in on this if you can, please. Sure. You know, okay, you have Sirius knocked to the ground by the Whomping Willow and you have James, pull, you know, de-pants him, pulls his pants off him in record time, probably put the pants on himself and charged into the passageway through the Whomping Willow. James has obviously done this before. <laughs> See, I was screaming, like, who cares about the freaking pants? Just go in and save them and move on with your life. Jen, please like, weigh know, in. I mean, like, you know, more importantly, he thinks Remus is going to go kill someone, but he's stopping to put on someone else's pants. You know, keep running. I, I agree well, with that. He can't go run without pants. Of course he Why can. Why not? What if Snape died while James was putting on pants? Good, P.S., good. Well, okay, no. I mean, it's cold. It's what? a life and death situation, <laughs> I- though. <laughs> 
Well, he's not going to go out. I mean, I don't even know what magical people wear for underwear, but they may not wear anything. He ran all the way to the willow without pants. He's, you know, it's only when uh, Sirius is knocked out, right, that he puts the pants on. I don't even think Sirius was knocked out. I think Sirius just tripped and James stole his pants and ran for it. It was a burglary. I think the pants were important, and I think it shows a little bit about Remus's character for him to do to stop and to. Remus was a werewolf at the time. I meant. I meant. I'm sorry. I meant. <laughs> Jen. Focus. I'm trying. Focus. Oh, please. You are, mess up the names all the time. And Jen, I do. Jen, are you driving okay. right now? <laughs> no, I'm looking at, well, I'm looking up that specific place to right. see if there's like a clue or something. Now, look, everybody, I know you really want to hear our thoughts on James's quest to be with Lily. I know you want to hear our thoughts on, you know, the Sirius and Remus, you know, growing, budding relationship, which is written, you know, more beautifully than any other place in the fandom but really we just need to get to the heart of the pants situation and we hope you'll bear with us jen please at your convenience i i we would appreciate it if you would explain the significance of sirius's pants pants are important i don't know without maybe them, there's not <laughs> without them you'll get cold without them you will get cold protecting your friends from werewolves no i mean i put it down to is at the end of the day i don't think this is a serious story i think it's Serious, the emotion, not the character. I think it's... Well, okay. Not to to interrupt. Yeah. Shut up, dogs. Shush, shush, shush. Okay. Not to interrupt. She's talking to us, you know. Go ahead. No, I know. Well, my dogs just now started going, and I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to talk. I think that... I don't know if you've read on, but I I think... I have. Okay. I think there is definitely lightheartedness, but I think we're also... Part of this lightness is there. we have to see them before all this tragedy stuff starts to happen so that we can appreciate who these characters become and like that how... That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Oh my god, shut up! Stop it! Sorry. Sorry. Not, not you, like, Nova is like killing her, like, Arr! shut up! Okay, sorry. And um, I think it's really interesting, like, in, and also sort of sad because I think when they were writing these first chapters, they were remembering what childhood was like. And yes, they, I mean, I think some of these characters are at times a lot more immature than I think characters at their age would be, or they're a little bit more mature than I think characters would. But I think it's, it's not necessarily actions, but the feeling of being young is what they're trying to capture because later on we yeah. say, yeah, this is mostly light with some meat later on. There's definite meat and it's the light moments that that make it even more, I think, more sad because we remembered how light they were. And, like, it's sad that life changes you. But at the same time, you keep a part of yourself. I, I think well, it might be jarring, this incident, because it's the first serious incident that's happened in the story. Right. So it's like as you read the story, you're reading it with the mindset that it's a lighthearted, funny story. And then you get to a moment where someone nearly dies, and you're still reading it with that kind of mindset. So well, I think that's why it was kind I of jarring. No, I, this, I, I'll say. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll go after you. Go ahead. I see. This was my favorite chapter, and this was like I, I liked the story before this, but this was the first chapter where I really like lost myself in it. I'm just kind of you know going right. through it really fast. But I think in response to what you were saying, Jen, it's not that the story is not serious so much as that. I think emotion. I think you're right that emotionally they deal with it pretty. I think a series of emotional stuff involved, or hints that it's going to be seriously emotional. But plot-wise, I think they very much the plot's kind of a little bit 
of a j- joke and like a little bit light, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Not that the whole story is, but I think the plot aspect yeah. is they sacrifice parts of the plot to make it a funny kind of joke. Yes, because yeah, it's the thing that I was saying, it's not just jarring to read. I bet it was jarring for them to write. Yeah. Because up right. until this point, they'd been writing a humorous story that really didn't have a plot that was just a series of funny things that happened. And then when they had to get to a plot event, it's like they were trying to keep with the style of the funny parts, but they had to write a serious incident. Well, it really shows... Well, it's a, we know that something happened. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I see what you're all saying. I mean, from my perspective on it is that, you know, you're looking at characters who everything we know about them canon-wise is extraordinarily dark. Like, go down the list of these marauders. You know, they've been murdered, they've been tortured, they've been, you know, held in prison for decades. I mean, every one of these characters has, you know, tremendously dark futures ahead. So this is a point to show them when everything is bright. You get to see Lily, and you get to see James pining after her, and she turns him down at every turn, which is consistent with what we saw in Order, so that, you know, you have Remus coaching you know, James on poetry while they're all in, in the bathroom and, you know, you've got, you know, Peter with the, with the goop in his hair a day before and he's, you know, looking at Sirius like, why don't you have a date? Like, like, like Peter invented the damn thing because he has a date for once in his life. He's throwing it over people's heads. I mean, and you don't I'm, I'm sure it was. So you get you don't, you don't get to get that perspective normally. And then, like the moment when they're at Madame Puffoot's, and uh, you, you see James just being himself, and you see um, what was the line that he says to Lily, and underneath the cloak, Remus and James are like, "Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God." Um, um, Remus and Sirius are like, "Oh God, it's the um, what the hell is the line he says to her?" The the killer marshmallow line. You know, it's like, I got raped by a marshmallow. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, God. Oh, my God. And she laughs. And she laughs. And then she knocks on his head because his head is, like, hard with plaster. Or you have scenes when, <laughs> you know, they're, they're writing the letters back and forth to each other. And he's like, there's three passageways near the, near the potions classroom. One leads to the potions classroom because they're exploring the castle to make the Marauder's Map. And um, but don't go down those other two hallways. One leaves, leads to, you know, a pile of eyeballs and another leads to a pit that collapses into a pile of eyeballs. And Remus and, and Sirius's response is, I'm glad I wasn't hungry. I would have eaten one of the eyeballs. And it's like, even the way that Remus even writes it is like, if you step on them, they go squish. Like, it's just like, like it's so humor. It's like so random and so absolutely humorous. But then you have later chapters where you know that Snape knows you know, Remus is secret and he's threatening to have Remus put down. And at the end of it, he poisons Remus with silver, which at this point could be fatal. I mean, it's, it's absolutely serious stuff and it's in the same story. So you can believe that the world can get that dark that fast because in this universe it happens, you know, Harry can be going great with Ginny Weasley. And then all of a sudden he has to go fight Voldemort. I mean, that's something which we're, accustomed to that's something that i think we're man, oh kingsley shackenball by the way is in school too he's another one that's you right know, yeah yeah i mean that's that, that's just part of it which it's 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 a great style i appreciate seeing the happy times with the marauders because i think knowing how happy they were augments the canon it makes the scene when remus sees sirius again at the, at the shrieking shack for the first time in 13 years that much more emotional because you yeah. know what 
history these guys could have could have had. My complaint, and I said this before a little bit, is that I wasn't impressed with um, the retelling of that event, of what Sirius did, because I felt like it was a cop-out. I felt like for it to have been a truly earth-shattering event, Sirius would have had to have made a, a real mistake, not like he misspoke in anger. Like he knew well, I mean, he was... it had to be something they could get over. No, but you can get over almost anything. Like what I had expected it's not murder. was that in a moment of rage, he would have forgotten, just for a moment, he would have forgotten that Remus is the wolf and that Remus you know, deeply cares about not hurting people. And he would have been so angry at Snape, he would have sent him to be hurt by the wolf, forgetting for a moment that the wolf was his friend. Like he I would, think, yeah. I think, I think no, go ahead. I mean, I, oh, I was just going to say real quick about the, he forgot that the wolf was his friend. I can't remember where I read this. If I think it must have been in, a, in, a, in another fic, but if it's, in canon or if it's in this fic just say so that after the incident that remus thought for a little while that sirius did it on purpose Mm -hmm. like because it's like he knew that it's like oh so convenient there's a werewolf there i can just send snape out to the werewolf yeah like remus is like are you using me as a werewolf yeah Mm -hmm. or just something like that and by the way before we go on i know jen has to go she has um she has plans that don't involve <laughs> so, sorry guys. We're 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 gonna. I'm gonna say we're gonna hang up on Jen now. And what I really mean is, I'm actually gonna hang up on Jen now, just because Jen has to leave us. Jen, enjoy the movie. Drive Thanks safe. a lot. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, Jen. Bye. You know what? This might be the first time that the men have outnumbered the women on this podcast. That's right. It's happened. I once feel very before. alone. You're like, I feel very vulnerable right now. I have my car keys between each finger. I lost track of what we were talking about with Jen leaving. I was just saying that this was some element of Remus that I read somewhere, and I'm pretty sure that it wasn't in this story since you don't seem to know what I'm talking about. So it must have been in some other story. It, was, it probably wasn't another story. I just thought that it seemed like Siri. It seemed like a misunderstanding almost. It seemed like Sirius <laughs> said something, and he didn't think it was that bad. And then when other yeah. people said it was that bad, you're like, oh, should I not have said that? Oh, oh, God. this. Is I kind of- always pictured it as this kind of thing where – Sirius was like thought that Snape would be too scared to go do it where he's like you want to know where he goes every month well you just go out to the Whomping Willow at midnight you know yeah, like a little kid and he would he just sort of assumed that it would be okay because Snape would never do it like he'd be too afraid of yeah. I mean were they afraid of the Willow or they, they they were afraid of the shack because they had been telling haunted. the story that it was haunted yeah, so, and stuff like that shack, yeah. but you know see I didn't have a problem with it because to me, it's still a betrayal. I mean, whether it's whether he intentionally did it or whether it's just because he has his head up his um, – can you say that word? You can say it. We're explicit. Go for it, Mike. Go for it. Uh, he has his head up his ass and he just Good job. spits it Good out. Job. Oh, thanks you for know, that visual. He has his head up his ass and he spits it out. Thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, either way, whether he betrays him – what's worse, he purposely betrays him with thinking about it or he just doesn't know Lupin well enough to realize – how big a betrayal this is. I mean, I think in a sense it shows that he doesn't understand Remus as much as Remus understands him. I didn't get that sense, yeah. though, from the, from the preceding I, I chapters. Know, you know, I know what you're talking about. It, it honestly seems... I especially- no, I'm sorry, go ahead, P.S. 
I was just going to say, I think it's um, interesting, like, from a ship point of view, that I've read a lot of Ramus serious stories, and a lot of the times they are a couple before this incident. And I think it's interesting that in this story they don't become a couple until after this incident. So, And I think it's kind of interesting because in those other stories, it's like this is a blow to their relationship, and, like, it's a testament to their relationship that it doesn't destroy them forever. Yeah. I mean, I know they, they were friends before, but, like, I kind of think it's interesting that they get together as a couple after this incident has already happened. That yeah. Remus does that. It shows Sirius is just so, you know, he's just so not there with the real world, you know, mm-hmm. that, that the the problems Remus have just aren't real for him. And he doesn't understand yeah. why this is going to, like this is so just, bad. People will just, like, make an insensitive, like, not really insensitive, but, like, I'm trying to think of a good, real example. But it's, like, if you have a friend, if you had a friend that was, like, blind or something, and you were, like, talking about, like, how something looked, Mm -hmm. and you were, like, I forgot you were blind, you know? Right, Right. which, you know what, I think that, like, I understand exactly what you're saying about how, you know, the fact that this precedes any relationship they may have shows how strong the bond is, that they can get past something, you know, and and still go, but, you know what, for something which seemed like it was such a pivotal event in their in, in their lives. It seemed like a non-issue that would be immediately forgotten. And I don't know if they're going to come back to this moment. But it didn't seem like anything. It didn't seem like Snape was in danger. It didn't seem like the event itself really changed either of them. It seemed like the person who was most altered by this was James. I mean, it, it didn't yeah. really... It, it's it like just, they needed James to change. So they needed to come up with... Right. I mean, I, I pictured this would be something, you know, in a story focusing on those two characters... I didn't picture this. I didn't see this event as really impacting them at all. And to me, it just seemed like that was the writing. It just seemed like there was something about it. Unless, you know, there's more to come, which I'm just, you know, badly missing right here. It just, it was weird. Sometimes I'll read things, I'll go, oh, that's a different take on that. I like that. You know, you played on my expectations. It just seems weird. It Mm -hmm. it, It doesn't seem like... The only way I can describe it is like it's like you're you're in a movie and you're promised a certain type of scene. Like you commit to the audience that you know by the end of this season you're going to see either you know the election, or you're going to see the big battle, or you're going to see the prison break or something. It's like there's something there and you commit your audience to it, and then when you get there, it's postponed or it was something other than what you thought and it disappoints you and that's just how i felt disappointed by it i was expecting there to be some type of life-altering change in the, in those two characters and there there really was and maybe there will be but there wasn't and i don't know i i, I could easily i was expecting at the end you know serious to like you know attack Snape and as a result of attacking Snape Remus's secret was unveiled or something like that I was waiting for there to be something to have Sirius make that decision that went bad and I just I wasn't getting it and that was just the thing that kept hitting me there part of it I think is too that Snape kind of rolls over so easy like there's never really this real threat of him actually going out and telling everyone you know that Lupin's a werewolf and now Lupin's gonna get kicked out of the school and yeah Yeah. he just goes into Dumbledore's office and that's just the end of it and there's never this longer term like the bigger implications of it, kind of. Well, yeah. yeah. I think it's something about, I don't know, I mean, maybe it's like when you think about the fact that Snape was still angry about this so many years later. 
20 years later, this was something that was very much bothering him in his interactions with Remus in Prisoner. You know what it would have been if Lupin had attacked Snape and Snape were injured and was near death, you know, another blow would have killed him or something like that. And James charged in and saved him. And then, you know, Lupin would have become a, a near murderer and Snape would have this lifelong gr- something like that. That is what I was picturing based on Snape's actions in Prisoner of Azkaban because I was thinking that it had to be that bad or else he wouldn't have had that grudge that's such that deep of a grudge. And you didn't get that. It's, it's literally the way it's written is that James is like, Snape, Snape, where are you? Where are you? And he comes across him and like Snape is in the room with Remus and Snape yells out something like it's the werewolf, it's Luke, whatever he says. And James kind of grabs him and pulls him out and that's it. Yeah. Like it was like like well couldn't Snape if it just walked out himself then it's it's like it's it, 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 I think I think it says something about their I don't I mean I don't know how they think about Snape but I think it says something about their perception of Snape or their characterization of Snape that by making it more his fault than the fact than Sirius's fault because Sirius was the one who told him to go do it. I think it makes actually more sense with Deathly Hallows a little bit because in book one, we're told the reason Snape's looking out for Harry is he owes this life debt to uh, James, right? Mm -hmm. And reading this scene, you don't come away with, what does he really owe James? Like if he really owed James, it would be like, because James, like, literally pulled his foot out of Remus's mouth, you know? Yeah, there's got to be something there. Yeah, it just... Well, I don't want to harp on it too much. I mean, that was my disappointment with that chapter. But if you assume for the moment that, there, that something big happened and that James actually made a difference and that Sirius actually made a terrible mistake and that... Like, it, well, no, it's just none of it really flows the way I would have hoped it would have flowed. And maybe there's something coming in future chapters that will make me go, oh, okay, that's why they did that. But it was just weird, which is weird for me because I love the writing. In this. I think the writing is so yeah. sharp, and I think the, the characterizations are so good. I love the fact that it was Wormtail that went to get Dumbledore. Yeah, I like that. I've been waiting for years for one of these characters to actually go and get help from, you know, <laughs> like a faculty member, you know, in the middle Hermione of a disaster. Does. does Hermione ever get help from him? With the broom? The yes. fireball? Yes. Ooh, Hermione. Ooh. Peter. Comparisons. Interesting. Hmm. Let me ask you a question too, Ryan. What's up? Do you feel Snape's very much the victim in this, or do you feel he's the bully, or like what do you think of him? I am a big fan of the saying that before you make fun of someone's mother, make sure they're not dead. So you know, Sirius and everyone, they they do certainly like you have to picture the fact that Snape is the proverbial kid that you know will one day come to class with a gun. You know what I mean? It's like he's the he's the kid who has all of the characteristics of no friends, possible, you know, abuse in the family. He's the kid that always gets made fun of. He looks weird. He's got like, you know, he's described as, you know, having like over large feet and he can't even run normally. He he looks like a spider. He's greasy. I mean, he's not, you know, a socially accepted person. And absent, you know, taking aside for a moment anything he says, does or is responsible for, they are terrible to him. Yeah, I mean, especially it's like um, the prank week. Looking at that so soon after the time when he almost died, it's like they just have the pictures of what happened to Snape lined up in a row. And it looks, it's really sad. Like, especially he looks really sad in the last one and it makes me sad. Like, I want to give him a hug. 
He might give Sam. Well, he just did have you know fifty-seven dung bombs go off around him. Fifty-five. I'm sorry, two were left like, over for Sam. They turned his head into a fish. And the like, password I thought was even maybe the cruelest of them. Rebastin was here. Oh, the password. Well, they were, were they in order to get him out of the? Can I just say, after. like, as someone who is kind of I don't know. I don't think it's my detail orientedness, but. I like thinking. Is that what of, we're still calling? It? Is that the euphemism we're no, still going well, for? It's, um, I love because like when you're writing about a time before the Voldemort plot, and you don't have that kind of thing to fall back on. I like to come up with different fun things about Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite one that I've seen in another story was when they here when they were talking to the wall, mm-hmm. and they were talking about like how like Salazar Slytherin made the wall, and about how you could change the password. Like I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I have to say, I think the wall was a bit of an idiot. <laughs> I think, I think, like, here's the thing. Who here has seen War of the Worlds, the original? I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure I must have with my dad. But. War of the Worlds, the original, was a story of contemporary London at the time. I think it was like the 1920s, 1930s. And London was at, you know, the, the, um, the, the peak of technology. And what essentially happens is Martians attack... None of our technology works. We're completely helpless. We're about to be wiped out as a species. And the only reason we survive is because the Martians can't breathe our atmosphere and they all die. The only thing that saves us. Nothing to do with our own abilities. Nothing to do with you know the intelligence of humanity. They die because they cannot breathe. They made a remake of War of the Worlds called Independence Day. And in this movie, the only reason we survive is because the aliens have really crappy virus protection <laughs> software. It does not fit. That is just, like like okay, you know, that is how you trick the Well, that's world. not that's not how it went if you want to be technical and nerdy about it. It's that they were using our satellite system uh-huh. to relay back and forth. So we didn't technically inflict their computer system. I think we inflicted our satellites, which then they were feeding through our satellites, if that makes sense. We sent them a virus through a 1994 Mac. <laughs> I'm just looking okay, for the part where they talked to the wall. That was cool. I somehow cannot get Wi-Fi access from my college. They got Wi-Fi access from the front of an alien spaceship. I'm just <laughs> saying the plot from original right. to remake went what about the roar of the world's remake I didn't see it you know why why is that very i would have seen it but then something happened tom cruise jumped on oprah's couch <laughs> my house is in that movie your house is in that movie yeah the, the last scene which is supposedly in boston uh-huh. is actually uh my neighborhood in brooklyn and i'm watching it and i'm like that church really looks familiar that house next to that church really looks familiar. Wait a second, that's across the street from me. And they pan out for the larger view, and you see my house. Did your house blow up in the course of the movie? No, it's it's like the end when they're all like, "Yeah, we made it to Boston, and we're all safe." Was what's her name from um, Dawson's Creek? There, can't think of her name. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. She's good looking. She's married. I found the place with the wall. If we're still interested in talking about the fic, I'm more interested in talking about Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's couch. But go for it. P.S. I'm just wondering why you thought the wall was an idiot. Like, I thought we could analyze the characterization of the wall. Okay, like, <laughs> we haven't done that yet. So, like, Jen's going to be ed- editing this. She's like, oh, God, I missed the part where they, char- the where they analyze the characterization of the wall. Okay. Well, I was now, just saying I thought it was the coolest thing ever because it's like okay. you just come up with fun stuff because you don't have a plot. Okay, explain to well, me. Well, I do think it's stupid because it's tricked so easily. I mean, yes. it's like any student walks up to him and goes, like, I'm Lucius Malfoy. I was yes. here two years ago. Uh, they called you stupid, so you better... Uh... No, it's not that they the said, thing, I'm Lucius Malfoy, I was here two years... No, did they say they were there two years no, ago, or did the wall the say is, they were there is it's they were speaking... It's like, when... have I don't know if this is, like, a real 
movie or something, but it's like where someone who the computer like it's like a computer that takes everything you say literally. So like when he says, I am Lucius Malfoy, and then he says, yes, and my voice has finally changed. Like that's James just making it up on the spot, but the wall just hears the words and believes him. So it's like Please. some computer. Yeah. So, and the sli- like, so the Slytherins have a very trusting wall. <laughs> it's. I think it's like a computer, and it's like, have you ever seen, I forget what it is, is it a movie or something? Where like it's every Star Trek episode computer- ever made. <laughs> the computer has, like, taken over, and then they get this, like, this idiot, like, Homer Simpson. He confuses the computer, and it was up. No, every original Star Trek series episode had the supercomputer that took over the race of people, and they were all living as slaves, bowing before the supercomputer, and the supercomputer was going to shoot the Enterprise out of the sky. So Captain Turk would talk to the computer, and he would annoy it so much, it would blow up in the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's this, James is Captain Kirk. And- yes, but here's the thing. Slytherins are shifty. No offense, Blood Slytherin. I'm actually surrounded by Slytherins, Rick, as I'm saying. You're outnumbered I'm, by Slytherins. Uh, yes, I'm actually <laughs> concerned for my safety at the moment. But here's the thing. Slytherins are shifty. Slytherins are smart. Slytherins think ahead. This is the dumbest computer I have ever seen, or the dumbest wall I have ever seen. It is tricked by stupid people. No offense to the Marauders. Like it is like dimwits could could change the password. How do you expect the wall to be smart? To ask smart questions. As the fat lady. I mean, yeah, the please, smart. The please smart. take that up with Salazar Slytherin. Who, if Salazar, Salazar Slytherin was that stupid to put this wall into place, then quite <laughs> frankly, no wonder. He lost. Like, it's just... I don't... He also right. thought it would be a good idea to make his students live under the lake. I know. Seriously, if they ever have an earthquake and the structural integrity collapsed there, like, that would just be... Terrible. Like, that oh. always disturbed me. Like, when I set, when I was, like, planning out my fic, I was like, I wonder if I can, like, get around this. I mean, is there, like, water, like, dripping down the walls? Like, do they wake up in the middle of the night with, like, a fish in their bed? Do you think it's damp? Well, if they had the fish in their bed, they probably have more problems. But I... I, I <laughs> is it damp? I don't know. But here's a question. At one point in these chapters, they refer to Slytherin Tower. Um, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it's like the Little Mermaid's castle or something. It's like the dungeon under the water and they have the little tower poking up, which yeah. was a symbol of a, Yeah, I know what it was. Yeah, I know you know what it was. Okay. Um, wait, 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 wait. I missed something here. Just go watch Have the you ever Mer- seen the cover of the Little Mermaid video? No. All right, don't tell him. <laughs> yeah. Or I was just saying, you should go look at it and he should look at the castle and he should tell me what it looks like. Mike, I want you to, um, right now, on the air... Google the Little Mermaid, please. All right, one second. This is fascinating. Anyone who's still listening to us, I give you 500 <laughs> points to your house. We've got like a little, okay, the Little Mermaid images, maybe? Yep, the co- if you can pull up the cover. Um, I don't know. I have like 50 pictures of Little Mermaid. Here. You have the cover of the, you have the, the, the cover, like the, like the, um, like the trailer. Search like video or something so that yeah. you'll get like the cover of the video. Yeah, you want the cover. Amazon.com would probably have the cover. Yeah. Right, Amazon.com it is. Or did they change it or something? I think so they, they had to have changed it. Hold on, I'm doing this with them. I think they changed it on the cover so that it didn't look that bad. All right, let's send look it. that bad? What does it look like? It looks like nothing. It looks like nothing. Hang on. All right, I'm on Amazon. I see her and the fish and... Hang on. What, that she's wearing a bikini they did, top? They changed the cover. You know, she wears a bikini top on the cover? Is that... that no, was... she wears a bikini top throughout the whole movie. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're going to find it here for her. Oh, there it is. Okay, hang on. I found it. Put it... Send send us the link or something. All right, I'm gonna put the link. Link. Oh, I see. Save as. I will accept your file transfer. Now it's oh. like saved on my computer. It's gonna be there forever. It will be there forever. I will open it. 
open, open. I'm waiting for him to see it and then just be like, mm-hmm. except he might not notice what it is. He probably won't. Why? Why wouldn't I not? Is it not obvious, or is it? Or are you well, 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 you did miss the slash for the first five chapters, so we're just not. Okay, I'm looking at it. Right. What am I looking? The well, hand. You tell the us. It's a claw coming out of nowhere. Anything jumping out at you there, buddy? Yeah, the purple claw. Look a Have you more, even seen the movie? Look, look a little more um, in the um, in the, the castle abstract. area. In the ca- yes, check out the castle area. Perhaps that's what you should. That's what you're going for. Okay. Um, Why don't you click on um, accept that file I'm sending you there too? If you, if you don't okay. As uh, accept. This is a close up. Uh, maybe of a, you should pay attention to what the file's called. Uh, what was it called? I missed it. No, just take a look at the thing I just sent you. All right. I, oh, okay, I see now. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Good boy. Yeah. Wow. There, 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 there was a penis there all that time, my friend. Really? I want to see the bigger one now again. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait. It sounded bad. Okay. Wait. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. I can't get back to the other one now. But oh, well. Huh. I didn't notice that at all. And there's something did, else in one Did you the- notice this the first time you saw it, or did you have to actually be told this and then look for it? I was like well, eight. The- I don't think I even knew I saw it, it, I was four years old, and I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know what it did. Well, I knew what it did, but I didn't know why people were that worried about it. <laughs> really? You know what it did when you were four years old? I knew what it did when I was four years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew some of the things I mean, it did. Some of the things, but not. Well, no, not that. No. Well, she was four. I was eight. She didn't okay. know what it did. I didn't care. How old was I? I didn't know it existed. How, how old is what? How old was I? I don't know how old you are. How old are you now? I'm 23 now. I'm 26 now, so I, you would have been five. Okay. No, but that doesn't make any sense. How were you four, he was five, if you're 19 and he's 23? I, I was born in The movie came out in 92, didn't it? The movie came out in 92? Yeah. Oh, I was eleven. I was eleven. I definitely knew what it did then. Oh my gosh! Oh, that was that awkward phase. Oh god, sixth grade. Oh, oh god, oh god. I'm having a. An eleven-year-old would have known. Yes, yes. That's around the time they started sex. Oh god, the sex ed class. Oh, I'm having a flashback. I need to. You know what was interesting in our health sex ed class? The teacher didn't actually teach. She just read a book. And in the back of the class, we played Truth and Dare. Well, that's one way to learn. I never had sex ed yeah. because the teacher was too intimidated by us. But I find it ironic that it is. She didn't want to teach that kind of stuff to I us. I hear there's actually a chapter coming up where they have sex ed. So I'm feeling as though this is very on topic and educational. I it's realistic. Wonder, like, I always wonder the, if they did it at Hogwarts. You know, like. The sex ed part, not the actual. Yeah, it's yeah. like. No, you know what I mean? Because it's like if they don't ever teach them, like, are they relying on their well, parents? Here's my, here's my thoughts on that. They don't teach them how to add or subtract. <laughs> They, they, see, they learn that before Hogwarts. You don't get past, like, um, you know, sixth grade math because you don't really I always am, I'm, I'm picturing, like, they're, like, writing these long essays, and they don't know. I mean, when did you learn about, like, theses and body paragraphs and stuff like that? I mean, they don't know that stuff. Does this kind of stuff keep you up at night? Well, there's actually an explanation to that, though. Yes. What is the explanation? I'm just thinking the, how much PS has in common with Jen. This is Jen's life. <laughs> I mean, basically what I've read is that supposedly... They get like um, like our education up until they go to Hogwarts, and then unless you're taking like that special math class, whatever it's called, arithma, arithma. whatever. Yeah. No, no, unless we did. No, we class. did this in the previous podcast. We we did this no, in the previous. What podcast. I meant, I meant like I don't know about like you guys up to sixth grade, but when I was in sixth grade, that's when we started learning how to write proper essays, like with theses and body paragraphs, and like. That kind I'm of sure stuff. they don't ever learn to write proper. I'm sure yeah. we all write. And like they're writing things. these long essays, and like Snape and people are such a harsh grader. It's like you wonder what if they 
But then again, you think, well, Snape doesn't know how to write a proper essay because he has the same level of education as them. No, that doesn't I make sense. I think the Wizarding World is very much a it's, – it's a self-taught – it's like as far as you can take yourself kind of thing. I mean, that's the yeah. whole society is that beyond the basics, it's kind of – you have to le- teach yourself. You have to learn on your own, and it's as far as you can take yourself. Darwinism, social Darwinism. This is deep. It is. <laughs> this is very deep. But you know the other thing is, though, when they write these parchments, I'm not convinced that these three-foot – you know, the two-foot essays – like, there's no lines in these parchments. How hard can it be to write really big? And, like, yeah. you know, like, I'm sure us typing, like, a five-page paper mm-hmm. is probably more work than them doing a two-foot essay. Anyway, I've always wanted to, like, sit down and, like, write for two feet of paper and just see how long it is. Well, you know, like, well, a, a, a sheet of paper. I can't believe you haven't done that yet. A sheet of paper with lines is only 11 inches, right? No, this isn't, like, rocket science. It's, it's like using Times Roman, no, you know, two pages. It's two pages. And, like, Ron is, like, complaining about how he has to write two feet for Snape. Ron is an idiot. Ron is an idiot. Meg, sorry, I love you, but you should have shown up for the podcast. You could have defended them. I mean, how hard is it to write two pages with you? And I bet Ron is one of those guys that has huge handwriting. Though, then again, to be fair, when I was in high school, how many pages and what they meet matter to you? I think, like, in college, two pages, I do that in, like, five minutes. I laugh at it. But in high school, like a five-page paper was a big deal. When you were a freshman, when you were like, you know, 14, five pages was like a big deal. This is true. Or maybe not. Maybe not. For me, it was a big deal when I was 14. Let's just leave it that Ron is an idiot. All right, Ron's I'm, an idiot. I'm, I'm very comfortable okay, with fine. that. I, I, I'm comfortable with that. Too. Okay, so we're flying through the story because there's a lot we should cover and we're almost out of time. We're not really out of time. We could really go all night. This isn't like MuggleCast or anything. We're not going to shut you off after an hour. But um, if you think about what's happened in these chapters, um, there, there's a lot of great imagery in here. For example, they break into Dumbledore's office and steal his sock. <laughs> and I love the artwork that accompanies that because this Dumbledore, who appears to be laying in a lawn chair in boxers right. of some kind with said <laughs> sock. And it's wet, and it's smelly, and it smells like foot, which is one of the better descriptions I have ever heard in my life. We have, they stole Filch's hair, which I thought was imaginative. And it's interesting because it implies that for the Marauder's Map to work, you must program it with... I was confused by that because then it's in, like, the canon, it's showing people that, like, weren't born yet. So how did they, like... Unless it's, like, jump-starting the map. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just confused. I'm very confused, too. It doesn't make sense to me, either. I just ignored it and kept reading. That's weird. I wouldn't picture you doing that. These things trip me up. No, when you started watching Babylon 5, you were obsessed for like a week and a half on how aliens and humans could have kids. It doesn't make logical sense. I still say that makes no sense. I know, but you were obsessed with it for like a week and a half. I just Some things I obsess over, some I don't. Okay, so you're fine with the Marauder's Map? I, I just kind of ignored it. Cause it was so, I put it down to something where they just didn't think enough about it. I can see why if you just read it really quickly and you didn't really think about what you were doing. Like that I put clearly down to a mistake. Something like the children, to me, that's something like, how could you, that's like you have to be pretty dumb to make aliens having children with each other. You got like, if I, if chapters. I, I did something like that in a story, would you point it out to me? What, them having children, to get aliens having children? <laughs> no, I mean something that you thought was a mistake and then you just ignored it, because I'm just curious. Oh, well, if I ignored it, probably not. If I, if I couldn't ignore it, I probably would. Because if you notice it, I would like to know. Thanks. I don't just, consciously just think purpose. like I'm ignoring it. I I'm like sitting here with my hands over my head saying, what about me? I'm sorry. I just like it when somebody finds Because like if, if I think it's finished, I obviously didn't find a mistake in it. So I think if Mike notices a mistake, he should tell me so I can fix it. So we don't have another Balzac incident. The Balzac was unfortunate. Mike, apologize to P.S. I apologize. Well, it's not Mike's fault. I, what no, I do? It's, it's nobody's 
fault but my own. I know, but Except the- really the fault of everybody that I had read the story. So it's it's really Mike, Richard, and Cody's fault. Well, we're going to blame Richard because he's not here to defend himself. I frequently blame Jen, who's editing this right now, so she could make me sound like Daffy Duck if she really wanted to. Although I don't think Jen has it in her to make me do that, do you, Jen? So we're just going to... Well, you know what it is too? Yeah, yeah. I think part of it, not, I'm getting off topic here, but when I read stuff, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a noticeable difference when I'm reading something for myself and when I'm reading something to edit it. Because mm-hmm. when I'm reading for myself, I get sucked into it. I read really, really fast. No kidding. It's not that I'm skipping things over. It's that I kind of... Um, whoa, 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 whoa. You missed the whole slash thing last time. You I mean, I mean, I'm not skipping over words. You're not skipping over words, but you're missing skipping underlying over sexual tension. I think I just missed that because I'm kind of oblivious, not because uh, of how I read it. Well, I think Sirius is missing it, too, so far, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, good company. This is true. You have much in common with the guy who apparently pees over birds and then makes them shit. So just <laughs> I picked up on James Peter like that. You did, you did, and you contacted me right away and told me, and I was very happy with that. I was I was impressed, and I was I was moved. I have to mail you all those Babylon 5 DVDs, by the way. I'm working on that. Um, P.S. Love, she can team up with me. She likes that book I actually will read the book. I'm done with my class on Monday. You need to so read the book. I will read the I book. I will, like, become his minion. That's actually frightening. Do you guys want to be alone for a second? Or are you okay? <laughs> Awkward silence, book. laughter. Okay. Every five pages, I'll be asking you questions. I've discovered the new ship. Yeah, he will. New ship. I've discovered. <laughs> is that what you call? I ship. P.S. Mike, or is Crazy it Mike P.S.? It's it's if you want the M.P. or the P.M. Ooh, P.M. O.S.P.S. Like O.S.P.S. That sounds like a computer thing. It does. If you ship O.S.P.S., I don't know. <laughs> Please call him. We'll put an online list thingy up on the forum, and you can let us know if you approve, yes or no. We'll make it completely impartial. Well, you you know what happens in Slytherin stays in Slytherin. That's what I've always said. (laughs) Although they have crappy security, so everyone finds out what happens. So... We don't have that wall on the forums. That's true, too. It's password protected. All right. So this is pretty much these chapters. I think they're great. I think there's a lot of... Like Jen said, there, there was a lot of meat in the later chapters. I may disagree with the way it was written, but I think it definitely showed a lot of heart you know, on behalf of the characters. Um, they all came alive in these chapters. James was more than comic – I'm sorry, Peter was more than comic relief. Um, James really became Harry with his saving people thing. He saved Snape from standing in a room with a werewolf while in no real danger, which was – Nice. Um, we found out the Dumbledore's uh, feet stink. I found that moving and um, very sad that, you know, he apparently hey has not discovered other eithers. Yep. Would you agree with me in saying that the, the weakest relationship among the four of them in terms of their friendship uh-huh. would actually be uh, James and Lupin? Yes. 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 So and, well, no, you can tell that. I mean, there's even a comment in here that James and Lupin are vice best friends, and if anything happens to Sirius, they would, like, you know, take over. Like being friends in law. Yeah, you can really even tell that, too, in the first chapter when James gets involved in the in the Remus-Sirius uh, uh, leather war back and forth, and you can tell that Sirius instantly, um, you know, almost like, like I'll say, like, puts on his Sunday best. He becomes very serious. He um, changes his demeanor. He stops joking around, and he talks to James like, you know, two adults may talk, you know, Mm-hmm. Over coffee or you know sophisticated <laughs> drink, and then as soon as James is gone, you know Remus just starts farting around with with Sirius and having a good time. So, I mean, you can definitely tell that there's a difference there, which is interesting. Because, well, it's interesting because if you think of 
the canon from what we know. Like, would, how did they get to be friends if James and Remus aren't that close? Because James is the leader. You really? Remus, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but, the linchpin. I mean, it, it, I mean, if Remus and James weren't all that close, then how did they just do the whole Animagus thing? Because I feel like it would be that kind of thing would be started by somebody that had a real close emotional connection to Remus. Yeah, so you kind of serious. wonder why it wasn't serious or Peter. Which is interesting because you don't even think of like I know Chi said last week. You know P- Peter this and Peter that, and Peter's the leader. And when you know when Peter says jump, they all say how high. I don't see that. Peter. Peter? No God, James. I've said this last week. I cannot keep the damn name. Could you imagine? That's like it? a real interesting alternate universe. Let's idea. go write that. Go now. Now go go. Um, but <laughs> I think I will. There you go. That would be kind of fun to read. I would actually read that one. But you know, James was the leader, and. I don't really see that in these chapters. I see James certainly being the leader, saving Snape from standing in a room with Remus, but you don't really get the sense that James, like he's so, you know, head over heels for Lily. He's in help me, help me, God, please help me mode, which isn't really, you know, Captain Kirk mode. So you don't really see a lot of his uh, leading in these chapters. But it's interesting. You would always expect, or at least I expected from the canon, that it was James and Sirius, and then to another extent it was probably Lupin and Peter, who were the two quiet ones, so that when Sirius and Lupin meet up with each other again at the Shrieking Shack, it's almost like we were in that group once, and I was that guy, and you were that guy, but we're the only ones left now. So it's like hanging out with a group of people, and you're close to some and not really that other guy, but then if that other guy's the only one there, you're very close to him because he's the closest he got. Like, I always pictured that was one of those things, and now to... Wait, between who? Between... I picture James and Sirius were tight knit, yeah. and and the only other two left were Lupin and Peter, and then yeah. when James and Peter were gone, and Sirius ran into Lupin, that the two of them would be like, "Oh, you in from the group." See, I kind of viewed it as more James, yeah, I, I, like Lupin and James, Sirius and James, Peter and James, with less interaction among the other three. Yeah, well, I definitely thought that it, in ter- we're talking in terms of. You know who, and I'm not even saying. I don't even want to imply that Lupin was very close to Peter, but I always pictured that there was that primary relationship, which I, was. I know what you mean. Like, like if they were having to like pair off in potions. Yes. That's always who would pair off. Sirius and James. And then Peter and Remus. Yeah. Yeah, because they're the two left. That, I'm not that, saying they're as that strong. Happens, that happens when you're in like a big group. Like if you have to pair up. Yeah. It's always with the same person. Right, exactly. And, the, and it's like they're the two leftovers, essentially. I mean, if you think about it, Sirius yeah. was close enough to James. Like it's more because they're the two leftovers than because they really not, – not to imply that they aren't friends. Right. But it's not, it's not like it's because they are the two leftovers. Right, and that's the thing that is interesting about this dynamic because think of canon. Sirius is so close to James that Sirius is the default secret keeper. And Sirius is the is the godfather of the baby. Why Sirius? Why not Remus? Maybe something happens, or because Remus is a werewolf, or because not because of you know racism, but because of practicality. But you know because of his condition. But you know why would it always be Sirius and James? Because you really don't get the sense that they're they're close, and it's described that you know it's because easy it's because they are best friends. It's like Harry and Ron, you know, like. But in this story, I pictured that to be Sirius and, to, and Remus. I pictured them to be the. They have the strong, and it's. And I'm not even well, saying I think that everybody said that James and Sirius were best friends. Like people like Minerva, like in the part in of Prisoner of Azkaban, 
when Harry has, like, when they're in the three broomsticks and Harry's listening to that conversation between yeah. a bunch of adults. I'm pretty sure, like, a, a bunch of them, Hagrid and Minerva, and are saying that James and Sirius are best friends. They don't really mention Remus and Sirius. Well, even look at it this way. Harry and Ron are best friends, right? Yeah. Right. But Harry has Ginny. And that is, the str- if you had to look at the strongest bond, it would be Harry and Ginny after the series, like going yeah. forward. It's like you can have a best guy friend and you can have a wife so, yeah, and I mean, who you presumably like as much. You know, as the I best mean, in, in this so, story, it's like James is serious and I mean, James is serious. James like, is serious. Confuse me I'm, more. Why don't you be it? <laughs> no, it's like you have your, your wife and your best friend. It's like Ron is James. And Harry is Sirius, and Remus is Ginny. Can you say that again, please, but slower? (laughs) Who's Hermione? I am. Say it slower. All right. Okay, because you're saying it's like there's a guy, and the guy is Harry, and the guy is also Sirius. The guy is Harry and Sirius simultaneously? (laughs) Yeah. And then he has a a best guy. Can I draw this? Will that make this easier? No, wait, 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 wait. Guy friend and a wife. That's what you said, Ryan. Sirius. Yes. As a best guy friend, and I'm saying that Remus is his wife. Yes, that is what I'm saying. Remus yes, is Sirius's wife. Okay, well, <laughs> no, that is not how you were phrasing it. You were phrasing it that Sirius is both James and. So I don't even know what the hell you were saying, but it definitely wasn't that. But, well, no. it's like, well, I'm saying it's the same situation. Yes, so Sirius is Harry. James is Ron. Uh, and, and Remus Ginny is, is Remus. Yes, Ginny is Remus. Nobody. Or Hermione is Lily. Okay. Does that make sense with the story? Because Ron and her, because Ron. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Hermione's Lily. Yeah. Yes, Hermione's Lily, but not really. I would probably date Lily over Hermione. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm taken, so it's not like I'm going after anyone. But Lily seems cooler than Hermione a little bit. Just a little I'd bit. rather I'd rather date Lily, but I'd rather be in a long term relationship with Hermione. Well, if you think about it, you know, if you're looking for someone to watch your back, you know, nothing against Lily, but Hermione kind of lived. So. <laughs> I don't like any of them. Really, you like Horace, don't you? Yeah. Like about. Someone on the forum today was saying, "How many times can we count Ryan bringing up the fact that you know PS is obsessed with horse slughorn smut?" But Mike decided that his nickname should be Ace. Really? Yeah. yeah. You don't. You know, like Horace Ace. He decided that if his name was Horace, he would call him Ace because there's no other good nickname. So, in other words, you're you're trying to model yourself after, you know... See, either that was your name. What would you want your friends to call you? Sluggy or Ace? Well, whore is probably out of the question, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Let's say your name was Horace, Horace whatever it is. Horace? <laughs> what the hell is that? Magana Gal and Horace. Horace? <laughs> however you pronounce it. It's like, I gotta, I gotta say, if we're making fun of Mike for saying Horace, for a really long time, I thought Draco's name was Darko. Darko? <laughs> it's in like, it's in like, not Firefly, Farscape? Like Dargo? Or? I don't know. Well, it's I like, only... we always make fun of the people that are calling Hermione Hermione, but I think it's not until I met, either I met somebody else that had read the books or something, I thought his name was Darko. No, I introduced... Well, um... it's only last episode. That I realized apparently Seamus's name isn't Seamus, it's something else. Oh, it's Seamus. Seamus. Yeah, they're... Seamus. Seamus. He's Irish and he's not three feet tall. (laughs) Now, I have a co-worker who I gave the books to, and she pronounced Hermione, Hermine, and she pronounced Snape, Snap. And finally, I said, do you have difficulty seeing the E's on the ends of words? It's like, 
somebody I ran into somebody that was calling Ginny Jiny. Oh, that's inappropriate. That is inappropriate and that is wrong. I was calling her Ginny. Oh, for the love of what the hell is wrong with you people? You have like Ginny. degrees in I was thinking a hard G. I didn't think Ginny. Ginny. <laughs> that just sounds I mean, why would you name your child Ginny? I can think of no reasons why you would name your child Ginny. But if that's why I say it out loud that I realized that's a derogatory term. Yes, it so. would be. You didn't know that before you said it? I, I knew, like, I didn't enter, like, when you read it, kind of, it mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't make a connection. I was just always going, saying it out loud, and, yeah. Anyone have any final thoughts on these chapters? Because the Guinea thing kind of freaked me out. No, just kidding, it really did. Or did it really, you just don't want to offend me? No, I, I think if I was going to get offended, I would have been offended sometime back, you know, when Jen went after the midgets. Anyone, anything, last thoughts on these chapters? They're good chapters. I mean, the, yeah, the whole thing yeah. with Sirius like, and slamming the door was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. So, what you're do you like, think? I'm done. What Mike? do you Nothing. think? I just, I'm just trying to think of something. Okay. What do you think James and Sirius would think of Harry if they could look into the future and see him? They would think that you're you, really obsessed with that, aren't you? You really are I obsessed am. with that. I want to answer that question. What would they think of Harry? Like, like if they knew there would be a Harry or if they could see like him. They could look into the future and they could see him and what he was doing and how he was living his life. They would probably think that when he broke up with – okay, when he broke up with Jimmy because he did not need female companionship while he was fighting Voldemort, I think that that Sirius would actually be – head desking himself going stupid <laughs> stupid 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 um i think that you know honestly this is actually a plot that melinda took up in the seventh horcrux and i think she did a really good job of it there's a moment in the seventh horcrux which mirrors um like the the, the gag with melinda was that the seventh horcrux was like 80 percent what happened in deadly hallows so there was a chapter in the end of it where harry encounters Lupin and, and James and Lily and all the Marauders. Oh, right. I that. Yeah, and the and the gag at the end was that um, re, that Sirius couldn't make it to to, to Harry's return because Sirius was on a date. But um, th- I think they would be. Um, I think James. Are you asking me, Shoebox James or Shoebox? Yeah, Shoebox. Shoebox James would. Well, Do we to, know what Bill James thinks? So. All right, let me ask you this. Are you asking me what 15-year-old, 16-year-old Shoebox James would think if he could look in the future and see Harry? Yes. I think he would be, at this point, where he is, he, he is he's on, like, his first date. I think he would have no idea. He would be amazed beyond belief. I think he would be shocked at the fact that he wouldn't have been there, that he would die. I don't think he could ever imagine the fact that he and Lily Evans would have a child together, no less that they'd be killed and that this child would save the world. I mean, I just don't... I, I am just, like... Um, I, I don't think he would have any idea what to I do think, with that. I think yeah. Lily would. I think Lily would be headstrong. Lily would kind of, like, under... Like, I don't know, like, know what to do, but L- I think... Well, I guess what, it gets to, what I'm getting at, I guess, is... Sure enough, stand. Yeah, L- James would go, how about this, give me the hum of that, and I think Lily would be motherly, and she would feel a motherly bond towards Harry before she even conceived him, I think is... I, is... I guess what I was thinking of more is that, to me, Harry's Hogwarts career mm-hmm. is so different, and I, part of it's obviously that one's, you know, an actual children's book, and one's a kind of fun fan fiction. But part of it, too, I guess, is how he was raised and his background. And I guess, like, his world approach is, is – I like looking at how different it is. I can imagine, I, like, you know, go on. I was just going to say, I think if you take out the parts – like, if you imagine that they can see Harry without knowing all about, like, Voldemort and stuff, I think they might be kind of disappointed because he doesn't – That's like, what I'm getting at, yes. He doesn't, like, get in trouble. He doesn't, like – 
pull pranks. So I think they'd be like, that's my son, you know? Well, no, they probably treat him a little bit like they would probably look at him like they look at Remus. Yeah. And be like, that's what I mean. Without okay, the- okay. They would look at him like they do Remus and they would pro- like, I'm like, honestly, if 16 year old Sirius looked at 16 year old Harry and it wasn't written by J.K. Rowling, and it wasn't approved by censors, and it, you know he could say whatever he wants. He'd probably be like, uh, "Kid, why don't you get laid?" Like seriously, that, yeah, that would yeah be that's his, what I think too. That's like, what his response would be. I, I think mean, he would think that he was kind of like, um, I don't know what it is. What's a good word? Prude. He, he'd think Harry was a prude. I mean that. Yeah. yeah I mean that yeah. would that would just be. He needs to take the stick out of his. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drink him. Yeah. Live. Drink and be merry. I mean, I think that would be the way he would look at him and. Too uptight, that's what it is. Yeah. If you think he was too uptight. I think if adult James could have looked back on him, I think he would have been tremendously guilty. Really? What makes you say that? Harry I think had, Sir- Sirius I, no, was guilty. No, I think I think James like if okay, say if James died at what, twenty one? If James could have come back like say like after James died, he had the ability to have come back as a twenty one year old in nineteen ninety seven, you know, it, to him, it, he would have felt like it's moments after he died, and he could see Harry after Deathly Hallows, and he could see and be told everything that happened to Harry. What would he think then? Like okay. James, I think he would feel tremendously guilty because Harry has that. Harry carries tremendous guilt. I think it is something that he, if if that's something that can be you know passed down genetically, it's something that would have come from James. And I think that if okay, Harry, for example, if Harry. Is it like the saving people thing and yeah. the guilt comes? Yeah, yeah. Say okay. Say Harry and Ginny have a child, okay? And say that Harry, they are attacked, and Harry tries to defend Ginny, and he and Harry is killed, and Ginny is killed, and and his baby, his child, who which, he was meant like to protect, called James, confusingly enough, right? <laughs> yeah, which is called James. It you know has to go through this life where he is abused emotionally by the people who raise him. He is thought to be worthless. He has no love and affection, and when he does finally get friends, he's alone. He has no parents. He has no one to you know look over him. Every time he gets something, he loses something more, and he's nearly killed every year of his life. And he has to pretty much you know with the help of young friends, but without you know James there to help him, he has to learn on his own how to defeat an evil dark lord. I think James would feel tremendously guilty for having failed him, quote-unquote, and not having survived and, and you know, stopped that from happening. I, that's what Harry yeah. would feel. So I think James would feel the same thing. I think, honestly, the first thing he th- would think was that he'd be proud of Harry that he was able to do it without help. Like, I don't know why I thought that. I just think it's that. I also agree with Ryan. We were saying earlier about him, like, you know, uh, you're not really enjoying your Hogwarts experience to the fullest kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends where they're at in life. I mean, James isn't a carbon copy of Harry, and that's an important thing to remember. But I think that Sirius, from what we know of these characters so far, and I haven't read ahead, I think Sirius would have been the, hey, you did it by yourself, kid. Um, mm-hmm. If he weren't, if he, say if Sirius had died around the same time too, and Sirius didn't come back and you're from Azkaban and all that stuff, I think Sirius would have been like, hey, kid, you did it yourself, you know, good for you. I think he would have been more like that. James, I think, would have been dad. I think he would have been guilty. I don't think he would have gone into prude mode until after he got over that. I think his first knee-jerk reaction would have been to be guilty. I can see that. Go me, because you're pretty anal, and I'm, and I'm glad I got that one right. No, I mean, it's like, I, I don't, is this own word, but I don't really think about James all that much. Like, I mean. <laughs> he, he never really did it for you? Yeah, I mean, I never really was all that fond of James. Like, when I read Order of the Phoenix and the part 
mm-hmm. about Snape, the Snape's worst memory part. Yeah. I was one of those people that decided that James Potter was the spawn of hell or something. Okay. Oh, you're one did, of those. Okay. Did we ever? Did it ever become clear? It, sorry to interrupt you, but did it ever become clear whether those pensive images are actually subjective or objective? I think Joe said they were all objective. Yeah, okay. I think they are. I forget. I had some theory. Ironically enough, the theory was about Horace's memory, about <laughs> how they must be subjective, and I can't remember what it was. It's hard to believe that Horace, you know, brought that out. I don't know. Horace. I just I was thinking about it one day. You guys are tight. That's all I can say. You and Horace, you got a thing. <laughs> but let me ask. Let me ask this before we get out of here, guys. How well do you think in shoebox, uh, Jane, like original? You know, Canon James, like 15-year-old Canon James from Snape's Worst Memory, equates to 16-year-old James of Shoebox. After we got done last week, like, I looked at my notes, and I realized that was there, and I didn't say anything about it. Oh, that must so, have killed you. Yeah. I don't think it does. When this story, chapter one, is like a month later, and I don't think it seems like the same James at all. I, I think it does. Okay. Because here's the thing. I'm looking at even what James does to Snape. I honestly think it's one of those things where, as an adult with adult perspectives, that's horribly inappropriate. But I think back to when I was 15 and some things guys I know were doing to each other. And it doesn't seem with, you know, if you factor in magic, it doesn't seem that outrageous. I don't I honestly I honestly don't think that something a guy does when he's 15, that's kind of like bullying or whatever, makes you a bad person. I mean, honestly mean that so much as just the fact that if you're looking at it from a characterization standpoint and you're like okay we know that that incident happened and then here Mm -hmm. is where the story starts and i feel like it wasn't the same person why not though i agree with that i i actually i agree with you go for it and if you fall i will i was just gonna say that he doesn't seem like enough of a bully i mean i know the first chapter, I forget when the first James and Snape interaction in the story is, but he doesn't seem much of a bully that he did in the memory because the thing, the picture that I get of their relationship was that James was the bully and Snape was the victim. Yes. And yeah, in this story, it looks like Snape is giving as good as he got. And while I understand that interpretation, when you're looking at the memory, Snape is, like, trying to mind his own business, and they are harassing him. And I think if Shoebox Snape had been in the memory, which I think he was goes, because the story was written after that. but I'll just say I this. Think I, think, off of, I think it's accepting what Sirius and Remus say to Harry in the fire as kind of being true. Like, yeah, um, I, think I could be misremembering. That. That's one memory. And my understanding, I could be misremembering when the books... Don't they state at some point that they would they would go for each other at all times? Isn't that what serious? That's what they say. But I think if you're like, and you're writing a book and you, you want to base too much show, off one memory. If you're trying to say something about a character, you need to show us with a scene. So I personally take what we saw in a scene, which would be the memory, as being more true than what Sirius and Remus just say. Because I mean. Well, Harry, I mean, Harry, they're not going to say, yeah, he was a jerk, you know? Well, let me say this, though. Let me, to I, to Harry. 
Let me say I this though: when you when you have the worst memory, so look at the chronology. Fifth year, we have a memory where where Snape is sitting on the ground minding his own business, and the Marauders approach, and James is the leader, and James decides to taunt him, and James is the ringleader, and Sirius goes along with it, but James is the very active bully type guy against uh, against Snape. Now, true, we don't know what Snape did that morning. Maybe Snape gave as good as he got that morning, and this is payback. We don't know. Now it's a year later. Snape is much more. Um, active, he's much more vocal, he's much more snarky, which could be that he, you know, learned that from such incidents as Snape's worst memory, because it was called Snape's worst Men- memory for a reason, so maybe that prompted... It was called Snape's worst memory because that's when he so called Lily. the mud. The mud, was it the mud? I mean, that's why that's, it that's was, when they break didn't up. know it at the time, but that's why it was his worst memory. Oh, because he, he called Lily a mud blood, that's right. Refresh my memory. He and Lily... Still spoke after that. They were well, they were friends well, then, but up until it, up until that, that's when not, they fall out. They didn't speak after because that night he was sitting outside of the of Gryffindor Tower for hours and hours, and she wouldn't come out. She wouldn't accept his apology, and they didn't speak again. I'm sorry. I thought there was some scene. I must be thinking of a fan fiction. I thought there was some scene where she was cautioning him not to become a death either, and I thought that was too soon. There, that is a scene, she, she but it said, happened before. She was saying, before. "Be okay. like, not don't hang around with." These Death Eater guys, but I, I don't think they n- okay. mention the word. Death no, that makes no, that doesn't make sense. Okay, hang, don't hang out with these. Was it like Lestrange guys and stuff like that? Okay, no, that does make yeah. sense. Oh, the Lestranges were there. Okay, he asks his question though. It has to do with the purpose of why J.K. put that scene in there. I don't think the purpose of that scene was to show that Snape was a bully because we all assume that it was supposed to make us look at James differently, and that's why that was the goal of that scene, I, I think. I thought it was supposed to make us look at Snape differently, you know, to kind of see, like, a right, connection between Snape and well, Harry, because after, I think the end of the chapter is Snape pulls Harry out of the pensieve, and he's very angry, and Harry is running away, and I think maybe is it the last line of the chapter where he's like, Harry wanted to stop and talk to Snape because he knew exactly how Snape had felt. I agree with you. So I'm saying if you show Snape doing something back to James, it defeats the, you know, that, that defeats the, purpose, defeats the of, purpose of making Snape seem more like the connection between Snape and Harry. Right. All I'm, just, yeah, all I'm going to say is this, is I find, and that's a great point, I find the characterization of James a little bit off from the canon because the way I see it, you have, even if it's the day of his life, you have Snape being an, an outward bully, and you have, I'm sorry, you have James being an outward bully, and you have Snape being a victim. And then you jump forward a year, Snape is no longer a victim, Snape is active, and he's giving it as good as he's getting it, which I can understand that Snape, now that he's lost Lily, you know, through the canon, or now that Snape has been tormented through Shoebox, he is a much more active person. I'm okay with that. What's difficult for me to understand is that, that James would go from the point where he's an active bully to Shoebox, which, like P.S. said, is a month later. He's no longer a bully outwardly. There's been no event that we know of that's happened to James that's calmed those tendencies in him. And even when he finds Why is he less than a bully, though? He's what not, about all the dung bombs and the, uh, the password? That, that's not being, that's not being he, cruel. It, there's no incident where they... Yeah, I mean, there's no... There's cruelty I mean, to being a bully. Being a, yeah, I mean, being a bully, yeah, and, and having... Yeah, like hanging someone up by their by their now whose line is it in the can that says let's hang Snivelus up and show everyone his underwear or something I'm like pretty that. Pretty sure it's James. James. I mean that's like a cruel thing to do to someone. Even if you hate the person, yeah. that's a cruel thing to do to someone. I mean, okay, practical jokes are, you know, whoopee cushions and dung bombs and making someone smell or whatever. I know that whatever. But are it, pictures in the thing though of, of Snape being like naked with like something bright. Yeah, I mean that's it's... that is some 
that is well see here's my issue with that it's like i feel like that's more canon but then again in shoebox they do it because he almost kills ramus right with the silver yeah i mean here's like, my, yeah i mean here's my thing i mean the thing like the rebastian was here yeah he, picture stuff like yeah, that in like, the in, in shoebox he's just cruelty, james but in shoebox it's more justified and i don't think in i must said real life i don't think in like real canon <laughs> it would have been <laughs> been that justified yeah, in, in Shoebox, James marches into the Whomping Willow, saves Snape's life, even says, I did this for Remus, I didn't do this for you. But he doesn't hesitate. He goes and he does it. And I know he did it for his friend. He didn't do it to be a hero. He didn't do it to save Snape. But there's just nothing within the character of James so far that shows him to be a cruel person. And I'm not saying that Sirius is a cruel person, but Sirius is a very... What's the word? He's not cruel. He's not a bully. But he's in your face. He's going to do anything he can. He has a very low threshold for shame. So he he will he would do that. He would hang anyone up by their foot to show everyone their underwear. I mean, he's Fred and George almost to an extent. That's who he is. But I think it's a lot more malicious than Fred and George because I think Fred and George... It was malicious than Canon, yeah. Fred and George liked the jokes. Like, they were doing it for the jokes. I mean, and James is doing it... I mean, the prank week was revenge. Like, it's, like, calculated revenge. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I agree with what you were saying about James' character in the story. I think where we differ is that this story is from their point of view, kind of. And mm-hmm. uh, ju- in the books, we are, we are told their point of view is that it was a back-and-forth thing, that Snape yeah. did as much to them, and they, and they retaliated. That's, that's their interpretation in the book, and that's their interpretation in the and story. And it's one day, and we don't know what happened that yeah. morning or that and night. And it's like... And I think it is kind of interesting because what you were saying about the memories being objective, well, the pictures are kind of objective, too. And, I mean, like, if you don't look at these pictures and feel bad for Snape, you know? Like, yeah. especially in the last one, he just looks so sad. And then there's people behind him that are, like, laughing at him so maliciously. You know what I mean? Isn't the I mean, last no picture him? No wonder he became a Death Eater. No wonder he let James die. And the last picture is, is Snape walking away, isn't it? Am I remembering mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. He's, like, walking towards the crowd. I mean, let me just say this. Based on what we know of James from the canon in that one scene that we saw him in, if James all of a sudden in chapter 11 of Shoebox, you know, became a bully, I would be surprised if he did it as a result of the silver incident. Maybe not. So I think I'm willing to give Mike the benefit of the doubt on this one because it was, that's the point. It was one day. And like I said in the last episode, you could write me a fic about how in divination class they are told from what these characters know today, that um, Sirius will go to jail for betraying his friends, um, Peter will be killed, trying to avenge James and Lily, and James and Lily will be killed, betrayed by a friend, and you will think that Sirius is the bad guy and Peter is the good guy, and you'll just be wrong. So I'm willing to bet that, you know, we don't have enough perspective to know, which Mm -hmm. is cool, because then we can go by what uh, these two very talented authors are writing, and we can get some perspective from them. I think we're done for this episode. I think the snow thing took a lot of wind out of me. It was good. We are going to take a couple weeks off from the Shoebox Project. We have... What do we have coming out? We have special editions coming out. We're going to do commentaries of all of the remaining Harry Potter movies. We have a Christmas episode coming out. I am not going to divulge any of the secrets of the Christmas episode, but there will be singing involved from the Perfect Weekly hosting staff, of which I am a part. Okay, we will see you all in... Okay, 
keep looking at iTunes. Just sit in front of iTunes and keep hitting refresh, and you'll be hearing from us soon. Have a great night, everybody. Hey. Good night. I love you. Hi, this is Omni from the forums. Um, I was reading the Shulak Project, and I had a comment on Chapter 6 um, regarding the mistletoe. I find it a bit disturbing, the mistletoe, but I was wondering, do you think that it moves around? They talk about how it descends like a spider, but, um, like, could you map it out where where they had been previously, or do they move around? I don't know. Thoughts. Anyway, bye. Hi, this is Cody, and I'm calling about Chapter 6, The Turn of the Shoebox Project. Um, I'm only actually up to a little up in Chapter 7 right now, but I was... I laughed so hard within Chapter 6 that I just wanted to call in. Um, I think mistletoe was a hilarious way. You know, some of you have a plot advice, but you don't really care because it's such a hilarious way to make these situations occur. Uh, going along with the mistletoe, I think it's really interesting, the, particularly the case between Remus and Lily, because the other two, you know, Peter and James, Sirius and Snape, were, from my point of view, it's just comic relief. But then if you look at the case between Remus and Lily, that definitely seemed to be something that Lily wanted to happen, something that Lily set up. And it seems to be setting up sort of an interesting love, I don't know, square. I don't know if that's the right shape. But if this is eventually going to be a Remus serious slash fic, because Lily seems to like Remus, and James likes Lily, and apparently at some point Sirius and Remus are going to like each other. So that just seems like it's an interesting plot, and it... I really like how the authors tie that in with all the other instances of comic relief and tying something which might be a uh, crucial plot element later. So that's my two cents. Can't wait to hear the show. Bye.